bad, immoral, and wrong. This is the Modern Eater Show. Piping hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. Food, 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 food. And now your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. All right, yes, 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 let's go. Here it is, the Modern Eater Show. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Holidays. Whoo! Right? You think I love it. Like, wind it up like that Christmas doll. You think you'd take a breath during this time of year, but just <laughs> right. going strong. Yeah. The culinary church is in session. Yes, we can hear you. I'm sorry. Hi, guys. And we're glad I'm to hear you. I love it. <laughs> we're just saying happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you. Chef Carrie Baird back on TME. She has such a sweet voice. I love her being here. I just it's it's so great to hear you back on the mic. Well thanks. I, I, I particularly love the show and I actually really love radio, so Do you really? I do I do. I'm 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 a NPR level five addict for sure. Listening to talk radio. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Um, Carrie Baird Bardo, top chef, uh, chef extraordinaire. She hangs out with us. I don't know why, but we met you oh gosh, I wanna say three years ago. It's, yeah. Three years ago, Stanley so. Marketplace, mm-hmm. first show. Yeah, we just shared Top that Chef. picture on Facebook, remember? Yeah. <laughs> what a great memory. We were just kids back then. Well, you were. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wasn't. Take the compliment. <laughs> take the compliment. <laughs> we were like, we had so much more hair. We are so much skinnier, you know. <laughs> I, know. I know. You're looking great, though. Thanks, and you. And Blake Edmonds here with us. Yeah. Too. What's Blake? He's in the kitchen. Yeah, he's busy. He's getting. He's making us dinner. You're going to hear a lot from Carrie and Blake. They're going to co-host the whole show with us tonight. We've got a great lineup. A new uh, company that you turned us on to, Tenali Meats. Mm-hmm. What's up with them? They're my guys. Um, they pro- they provide Bardo with the vast majority of our proteins. Um, and just recently, you know, over the years, it's... How do I say this? <laughs> I've, I've, I've never been the biggest fan of poultry. I have a really hard time. I need to find something that's beautiful and responsible and natural and all these things. And it's really hard to find and, you know, keep up to the levels that the restaurants that I run work. And then so I work with Tenali's and all of a sudden he was like, hey, I got this new chicken. And here we are. And I'm here to tell I've, Christopher's here with us to tell you about it, yeah. but, like, that's how it happened. He'll be on at 6.30 with us. But the thing about chicken, it's not the taste or anything. You just had a problem with how they're raised and those types of things. Yeah, I mean, growing up in Idaho, uh, there was a chicken farm not that far away, mm-hmm. and it was really gross. Yeah. Totally <laughs> it was really messed up. Any, it's kind of like a haunted house, you know? Like Any kind of feedlot. Yeah. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't responsible. Those chickens did not just have one bad day. They had a lot of them. And we're so. gonna, I can't wait to talk, because that's really what we love. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we love the way that uh, animals are grown. Even to the people are getting to the point now, Carrie, that they care about the food that the animals are eating. Exactly. And that's how I feel. And um, so it's really hard, as you know, in a restaurant to find someone who can produce that volume for you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Tenali's has really met us and really helped us as far as protein goes. So we might, you might not want to talk about these guys. Keep it a secret. <laughs> you don't want to. I, I think I'm a little high on the food chain, you know, like you guys can try, but like he's got my back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do fancy toast in the next segment. 
Yeah. It's kind of cool. Do you get tired of the fancy toast thing? Heck no. You don't? Do you think the stones get tired of satisfaction? Like, no way. <laughs> uh, what a great analogy, Carrie. That's, it, it's like, you know, Fonzie uh, couldn't do much else besides Fonzie. And are, are you known for the fancy toast? I am, but, you know, believe it or not, people are still ordering things not fancy toast yeah. at Bardo. And, you know, I, I do dinners and, you know, educations, and it's not always bread forward. So yeah. and we're okay. We're well, okay. I'll tell you, my girlfriend, to me, today said, Brian, she is one of the two best female chefs in Denver. Oh, shoot. And Thank I so thought much. that that was, and she really, I think she was trying to be nice to me because the other <laughs> one is, a, the other female chef is a friend. But she said, truly, the night we had at Bardot was one of the best dinner she's ever had well thank so, you yeah. i mean bardo is is so great and it's not just me i've got an amazing team and you know we've been doing this for three years and i feel like my team has pretty much been the same for three years so we're just pumping out awesomeness we've seen you also i mean you, you're very caring in the sense of you care about people's plights and life and their careers i've seen you launch some people out of bardo too Sure. Uh, to go on to do things that, that they've wanted to do as well, which is, you know, really kind of cool. Do you keep in touch with the Top Chef folks? Oh, my gosh, so much. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you remember, but my season of Top Chef went through a little bit of trauma. We had a little trauma. We lost Fatima. Yeah. And um, we were close. It was so sad. Thank you. Um, we were close before that, and then losing her just kind of tightened our bonds a little. And so, you know, they will always, will always have each other. And, you know, I'm very lucky. I, I found a village. It's so unexpectedly. So you keep in touch and you do dinners with them, too. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, it's hard to make friends in a, as an adult, you know. And then I was thrown into summer camp with 15 like-minded yeah. individuals. And, did yeah. you get along with everybody as well when you were first meeting them? Or did, was there a few acquired tastes? Um, no, I mean... Not really. I, I kind of dove in. I was friends with everybody. I'm pretty nice. <laughs> Is it contractual? Do you still have stuff that you have to do for Top Chef? Um, yes, I am still. I, I still belong to Top Chef for a little bit longer, but they don't like make me do anything. Like no, like. Well, it's it, not a bad thing. No, I mean, that was a great thing for your career. Absolutely, right? I mean, yeah. So if uh, you know, if they're like, do hey, do a dinner, like. Heavy yes, of course. Like it, you, you don't have to ask. I got you. <laughs> Heavy yes, Carrie Baird, uh, Bardot here with us in the, uh, in the studios. It's it's cool because this is the first time you've been here with us. You've seen us grow too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, with guys! Kind of, I don't even recognize you. Yeah. Grow, or your space at least. Growing. I mean, you've really seen us grow. Yeah. <laughs> in all in all the directions. <laughs> Top Chef is something that we saw you launch out. I don't even know what, but we love to tell the stories of people. And kind of your story um, to this point now, like, what, what do you do next? What do you aspire to do next chapter, Carrie? Oh, man. Well, did you guys see Beat Bobby Flay? Uh, I didn't see that. You didn't know I was what? on Beat Bobby I Flay? Did. I did. What? I'm, oh I mean, I'm at least being on. Oh when was gosh, it? Oh, my gosh, I was on Beat Bobby Flay this past May. Word. Okay. And do you want a spoiler alert, or should I let you watch it? I mean, it? I'd like to watch oh, it. Oh, no, no, don't spoil it. <laughs> Jay Parker here, don't spoil what, it. Jay, no, I didn't. I don't know how I missed that either. I, I feel terrible. I wish I could have said, oh, I saw it. Right. I know. But well, I, because you know, it's I weird. Uh, during Top Chef, I, I recorded each episode. I'd made Jay sit yeah. down and watch it with me. We we partied and are yeah. as much as Jay parties. Well, I, I was on the <laughs> yeah. Food Network, guys, this past spring. Uh-huh. And, uh, or, Blake, when did it air? Was it October? When was Beat Bobby Flay? October? Yeah. I filmed it in May, and it, it aired in October. 
But guys, I saw people I be playing. I totally yep. did did good. Season so. season twenty two <laughs> episode. I totally, yep. I totally did good. So you may want to watch it. <laughs> you know, right, we, got, we got to check that out. All right. Oh, but so there was another chef though too. Yeah, so do you guys know the premise of Eat Bobby Flay? Like, you go in, and there's another chef, and you battle, and then the guest judges. Mine was Seth Myers of The Late Show. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he knows my name. We yeah. hooked. And, um, no big deal. No big deal. He, he invited me to He's the just late a show. little guy, you yeah. know, late he, show. He was like, Carrie, Carrie, check your availability. When can you call No, nah, he just showed up. He's in the bathroom. He's going to be on the second. Yeah. He's going to come on okay. with you next. Yeah. yeah. He, he's just, he's freshening up. But, um. But yeah, so you you meet your your chef and then you fight and then the judges pick one the person who's most able who they think is going to beat Bobby Flay. So I beat my friend Lamar Odom from Chicago, who's a barbecue boss, which was awesome. And I beat him with the fancy toast. I'm just going to spoil alert that. <laughs> with the fancy, that's your go-to, right? Well, I mean, I think they knew it was coming, but Bobby challenges to uh, duck bacon, so I made him this really cool fancy toast and. Um, but then I, I challenged Bobby Flay. I challenged him to huevos rancheros. Ooh, As a I like that. Girl, yes, I, that's right. I'm like, she's put what? Like, that was a little ace in the hole, though, right? Uh, like, you know, I mean, well, the way that I thought about it was, like, I wanted to kind of, like, play his game, you know? Like, I didn't want the judges to know whose was who. I, I really tried to play it like Bobby Flay did. I did my research. I looked at a lot of pictures. Because it's a blind tasting. They can't see whose is who. It, it, they're behind a curtain, you know? Yeah. And um, so I, I, I really tried to play it thinking how he would do it. That's mad genius. Yeah. So do you want to know how it ends? I No, I don't. Okay. Because well, I'm going to watch that. it. I'm smiling oh right God, now. That's like all you tease. need to know. I want to know. Yes. I, want, <laughs> I mean, I know. Well, I know. But it's funny. Because I'm, just, I'm playing I, his game. <laughs> because it's already aired. But I remember during Top Chef, I tried everything in my power to get you to tell me. I bet that was like a million dollar mishap on oh, my yes. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. This, well, this, Greg, it's already done. It's the I, say, I was going to say, this one's done. done. I say, I just say, say it. Yeah. I just yeah. say, say, you want to watch? Well, you don't want to hey, do listen, it? look at her face. Do you think she lost? Well, Come on I, I now. Mean, I'm feeling Come good. On. I'm feeling good vibes I mean, you it, know her you know? talent, and you know Bobby uh, Flay's talent. Uh, Come on now. I'll just, this is, this is, uh, I'm going to tell you, and this is how Seth Myers from The Late Show, my best friend, told me. He said, it was unanimous. Uh, Carrie beat Bobby Flay. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm not watching anymore. You know, for, for just $1.99, you can own it on iTunes. <laughs> I like that. I'm hearing something in the background. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's an open mic, ready to go in the corner. That means we need to break. Fantastic. Carrie, set up the stage. What's up next? Uh, fancy Toast. First of all, did you, you didn't coin this, did you? No, I, definitely not. I didn't make a Fancy Toast, and or I didn't make the word Fancy Toast. Um, but I've certainly grabbed it. <laughs> what yeah. are we going to make? Uh, tonight we're gonna we're gonna go seasonal. We're gonna do squash and sourdough and cheese and pomegranate. It's gonna be really fun. All right, cool. So we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. Get your pens and paper ready or whatever. But this is kind of a cool thing. You're gonna assemble it along with us yep. here, the ingredients, Cameras. and have some fun. Hopefully, we'll get. Blake, I feel bad because he's in the kitchen. I want him on a microphone. Maybe no, he's we can... so far. He'll be right here. Be I, right. I love what he said earlier, though. He said, someone said, oh, Bill, Blake, are you cooking? He's like, well, I'm her Sue, right? 
Sushi Chef number one. He's, yes. he's my number one. He's your number one. I like that. I like that. All right, we'll take a break. Come back, Little Rich in the Little Rich Corner, and uh, we'll be back in a flash on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Modern Eater family, it's Little Rich. Everybody needs insurance, but do you have the insurance you need? When we opened Studio Kitchen Colorado, home of the Modern Eater, we had no idea what insurance we needed. We didn't even know where to begin. Times like that, I turned to the experts. Our insurance expert, Brian Brenning with the Ewing Levitt Agency. Brian makes the coverage discovery process easy and seamless. Here's what you can expect from Brian and the team at Ewing Levitt. The absolute safest coverage, fair, low rates, quick response time, and honest, straightforward service. I've been in business 40 years. I trust Brian Brenning and Ewing Levitt Agency. He's not just an insurance expert. He's my friend. Make him your friend and expert, too, by calling the Ewing Levitt Agency today, 970-679-7374, for the best and most reliable insurance coverage. That's 970-679-7374. It's the Ewing Levitt Agency. Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny, brewmaster at Brews Beers, Denver's award-winning Belgian-style brewery. I am very pleased to tell you that our new tap room at Colfax and York in Congress Park is now open, and it is a unique experience. It's close to great restaurants, has a big sunny patio for warmer days, will feature live music, and it has a very cool contemporary Belgian-style bar and tap room. To celebrate our second location, we have 18 beers on tap, including several limited-edition sour and barrel-aged beers. For some holiday good cheer, Try our figgy pudding and our unique champagne beer, Brut Le Grand. Check it all out on our website, brewsbeers.com. That's brews, spelled B-R-U-Z, at 67th and Pecos, and now open in Congress Park at Colfax in York. Join us this week at either location for some serious Belgian-style badassery. Hey, Colorado. This is Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic and a host on the Modern Eater Talk Show. Growers Organic is a Colorado sourcing company who provides Colorado's greatest chefs with the best organic produce. I've been partnering with local and regional farms for the last 20 years, and our returning customers know they can count on us over and over again. Chefs who receive the highest rating on Good Food 100 choose Growers Organic for their organic produce needs because we're experts at bridging the gap between the farm and the table. Join us in the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. Wear black and eat spices. Hey, Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At The Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients, or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us, you can't go wrong when you choose The Spice Guy for all your spice needs. The Spice Guy. Spicy. Born in Breck, raised in Denver. TheSpiceGuyCo.com. Hey, this is Brother Luck from Colorado Springs. We're coming back. <laughs> Owner of Four My Brother Luck and Lucky Dumpling. I mean, he's, he's a very, very impressive man. And you're rocking with the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Thanks, up. Hey, welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. Thanks for tuning in to the Modern Eater Show. Tonight's a very special one. Myself, Greg Hollenbach, Brian Freeman, Jay Parker, Little Rich Schneider, Dave Avery, and Kenyon George, George all here tonight, and Chef Gary Barrett hanging out in the kitchen with us. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I know. We keep hearing the background noise of the stations flashing back to me. It's kind of 
in my ears, but we move on with that. So we're going to make fancy toast okay. right now. Cool? Yes. All right. The ingredients are all laid out. Can you just go over the ingredients first yes. of all? Yes. So, I mean, fancy toast is such a general term. We're going to make, I mean, we cha- at Bardot, we change the menu or the, uh, the fancy toast a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing you need to start with is a delicious piece of bread. Um, Bardo, I have just the world's greatest um, baker. Her name's uh-huh. Natalia Spampanito. She's she's got the funniest last name, Spampanito. But um, she is such a bread nerd, and she makes the world's greatest sourdough, and okay. that's what we use. So we 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 have this beautiful sourdough, and you know the fancy toast is everything about building blocks. You get your bread. You put something on it to prevent anything soggy from happening. And then you top it with delicious, well-seasoned, ready-to-go stuff. So what we have here is some delicious sourdough from the Aspen Baking Company. And, th- yeah, thank you, Aspen Baking. What did you do to the bread first? Well, so I griddled it. And, you you know, fat tastes good, so don't, don't shy away from the butter. <laughs> like, you know, a good amount of butter. Blake, griddle it. what's up, man? Oh, look who's Hi. here. There he is. Finally, thank hey, you. Hey, who's this guy? Hi. Guest appearance. <laughs> Here we so, go. All right. Yes. Toast. So, um, so next we took by. So this is a squash forward fancy toast. Um, my sous chef number one here, Blake. Number one. He um he made butternut squash and he simmered it in vegetable stock. Uh, and what else do you got in here? Cherry vinegar, a little uh, brown sugar, a little salt. That's it. Mm-hmm. Super simple. I love it's it when al- it's that easy. It's almost like a jam. We could jam almost anything. Yeah. Yeah. I peeled that squash. I was like, Greg Holland back there, himself yeah. peeled this squash. I peeled that squash. <laughs> I feel a little vested. Well, do you want to? You I can make the same fancy toast, but you're going to have to skip the delicious sharp cheddar. Start. But so then the next step is this is delicata squash, which is one of my favorite squashes. It's a total winter squash. You can. Uh, tell us, you say you were making chips. Yes, I just made some chips with those. Sliced it really thin. You can use the skin. Yeah. Didn't have to do anything. I, I roasted it in the oven for, you know, like 30 minutes and just sprinkled it with salt. It was so tasty. Now, what's, what's, how, Brian, how thin did you cut it? I truly went almost potato chip thin. Like paper thin. Paper thin. And it. it was so nice. It's I so mean, fun. Yeah. Oh, just a good amount of this squash. Exactly. You know, express yourself. But, yeah. uh, like, yeah. Uh-huh. Express yourself. I did yeah. express that. Express yourself. I don't want soggy toast. Am I going to have soggy toast? You don't want soggy toast unless you want soggy toast. Okay. So that's where your nice layer of cheese comes in. Okay. Um, okay. And then, As so. It's a barrier. It's exactly. a barrier. It's a. It's your fat barrier. That's, mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's important. That's fat. why you put down a heavy layer of mayonnaise, you know? <laughs> And so next, so we have the delicata squash. So what we like to do is we peel, we peel, but because delicata is kind of rigid, you peel back, but you're still going to have a little bit of skin. Roast these, nice salt, nice olive oil oven until they're nice and soft. And then next we're going to make our toppings because fancy toast is this simple. We have this wonderful organic arugula from Growers Organic. Thank you, Karen. A wonderful, um, nice olive oil, which nice heady olive oil. Well, and Blake, you've got a, a connection on some killer olive oil, I hear. Yeah, next door to us at uh, Mr. Oso, Giuliani, I'm, I'm butchering the name. It's a Spanish olive oil company that uh, we get a ton of, well, we don't get a ton. We don't go through a ton at a Latin joint, but. Bardo goes through a ton. They go through a ton, so through the partnership, we go through a lot. So, But yeah, it's, it's really wonderful stuff. 
Now, it's, with fancy, so it's whatever ingredients you're feeling, right? I mean, that's what I'm seeing here. That's what I'm feeling. So this one, so I'm going to, I'm just going to, because height is pretty, right? So I'm going to go squash down a little bit of arugula, squash down again, oh. a little bit of arugula. And what I have in there is um, a little bit of blue cheese. The blue cheese is, you know, just like really nice. You could go even gorgonzola. Pomegranates are in season, so I'm going to finish mine with some really bright pomegranates. Um, Brian made these for us. Yep, California pomegranates. Do you have any tips for our wonderful listeners about how to clean a pomegranate? You know, try to keep it simple. People complicate, I think, cutting down a pomegranate, and so it's right at the top where where the flower comes out of. If you trim the top and pop that off like a cap and then sort of score the sides and open it up, it, that's the easiest way. I'd like to bang it with a spoon. Yeah, I've done the, I actually have a video of me showing people how to do it with the spoon. I just find it. Yeah. Because you can, you can just bang it right off of the, um, it's super easy. Yeah. And you can find that YouTube video out there. (laughs) I'm going to express myself with a little more blue cheese. Yes, of course. Since I didn't get the check. You know, I, I mean, fancy toast is just a term for whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I love the fact that he feels comfortable enough to express himself. We're, we're in a safe zone. You're in a safe zone. What's your favorite? Sure. I mean, if I'm wearing the same shirt as you tonight, pretty oh, much. You guys, this is two weeks in a row, non-conversation. And I'm like, hey, listen, I'm in downtown Denver, and you do not have a blue plaid shirt on tonight, do you? And all of a sudden, he hits Facebook, FaceTime, and I'm like looking at him in his blue shirt. Yep. Double date. Boom. But yeah, look at how nice exactly. they look. I mean. Hey, uh, I have an idea for you. Yes, sir. Uh, and we can call it the fancy Sandy or something, but you put another, you just fold that one on top of the other one. What, you, what if we put some, like, prosciutto cotta or some prosciutto or something? Ooh, and we just yes. Maybe one of those chickens over there that Blake just cooked up. What, it could what, be, like, a club sandwich. Like, <laughs> what's your favorite form of fancy sauce? I'm, I'm all about texture, so, well, it's a balance of salt, acid, texture, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a vehicle to get crunchy, acidic, chewy, sour things in your face. Yeah. Can you do a dessert version of this? It's called French toast. Well, I just think it's fit. <laughs> As a kid, when I was jonesing for something sweet to eat, I'd make some cinnamon toast. Oh, sure. With peanut sure, butter sure. and honey on it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, have a, we have a fancy toast at Bardo on the brunch menu right now that's uh, French toast. Like, you know, your usual suspects, like cinnamon. and um, Maple. But then we, we brulee the top, like a creme brulee. And then we steep milk in chamomile tea and finish it off with a little uh, evaporated sweetened condensed milk. Uh-huh. That is a sweet fancy. That sounds delicious. That is French. That sounds good. Saturday yeah. and Sunday, 10 to 2. <laughs> All right, there's your fancy <laughs> toast. We made the fancy toast. It's 6.30 on 6.30 KHOW, our local iHeart radio affiliate. And uh, I want to, sometime when we go on vacation, Blake and Carrie fill in on the show. Carrie yeah, loves yeah. radio, right? I love radio. What's some, yeah, before we break, what are some interesting things that you've appeared on? Appeared on? Yeah, other people's podcasts. Um, I did uh, Big Girl Money, a, a local a local all-ladies, um, not all-ladies, but just Big Girl Money, you know, ladies talking about being the boss, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was awesome. Uh-huh. That one was super fun. Um, did Shepard Chat for death. Chat, God, that was great. Sean's great. Yeah. He has some great ones. You should go on that one, Blake. That's a good one. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got right now. I've been on, like. I thought you were going to make one. 
you know, they reached out and it just kind of fizzled. And I'm, you know, my follow through is not the greatest if I'm not like, if somebody doesn't like make me do it. <laughs> well, if you guys aren't working, because you work hard, but you play hard too, right? Yeah. Like with some things that you guys are heading up to the mountains constantly. Yeah. I would imagine. Right? If somebody right. wanted us to like do a podcast while we were skiing or something, we would nail that. Yeah. <laughs> you, if you want to follow me around and record it, <laughs> have at it. Did you want to do a whiskey podcast? Like you, well, not talking about whiskey, but drink a bottle of whiskey and then do a podcast you know that was one of my ideas <laughs> i wanted to like get a line cook drunk and then ask him really funny questions <laughs> is it maybe like ways you know yeah, servers just, uh, or just bartenders give me a bottle of eagle rare and put me next to a campfire and i'll say some wild <laughs> stuff that's like, the good stuff yeah that's pretty solid. jay and i have always determined if this doesn't work out the way that we want to we're just going to talk like we do together and yeah. turn a microphone on yeah i don't know if people would listen but i think it's interesting. i would listen <laughs> stuff we talk about. oh there's a lot of people that would listen and there would be a lot of emails and yeah. a lot of explaining to do and a Bye. lot of i'm sorry <laughs> a lot of trouble and yeah. zero, zero sponsors yeah. 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 yeah no yeah well we'd have we'd have to be sponsored by like hustler and a few other you know Explicit, businesses like yeah. that i don't know that it's the, your conversations aren't that good you guys uh, you're you're flattering yourself hustler you're going all the way there road trip is pretty good the way we communicate all right let's take I, I call it we're dumb gonna, and dumber we're but gonna, we're gonna do chicken next which one are you i'll, I'll take the dumber okay. i have no problem chicken next uh the meat company so this isn't the actual chicken farm this is the company that sources the chicken that distributes it that's correct that's how it works a lot of times it does. <laughs> but this is the chicken that changed the world. The right? This is the chicken that it made me happy, very happy for the first time in a long Wait, time. Wait, that's a good – and we got a good brewing company, and we have a great distillery. Both of them are going to come up next in the second hour. They're with us the whole show. Carrie Barrett, Blake Edmonds, all's well in the world. Merry Christmas to everybody. Off to Little Rich in the Little Rich Corner on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Thanks, Greg. Awesome segment. And speaking of chickens – I love the chicken. Carrie, that was an awesome segment. So I'm next to my new friend, Will, who's really tall. You make me look even shorter, Will. Sorry about that. Man, man. And, and you're coming to us from? From Bandit Oak Brewing. Bandit Oak Brewing. And you brought something for us. This is going to be incredible. Take a look. Absolutely. We brought a Belgian Blonde that we put in um, California Pinot Noir. Whole, you're mixing a whole bunch of different stuff there. A little bit, yeah. So it's kind of a mixed match. Oh, it's, my um, gosh. It's delicious. That's going to be incredible. That segment's going to be coming up towards the end, towards the end of the show. Uh, thank you so much for coming. You've got a whole bunch of stuff. You've got a, a heck of a crowd over by his table. You should see all the people over there. Absolutely. We've got a little bit of everything, so it'll be nice to kind of taste through it and uh, see what we got. You're a popular guy, way more popular than I am, that's for sure. That's for dang sure. Well, hey, we've got some words from our sponsors. You're going to be, hear, be hearing some words from Ardent Mills. They just came up with this transitional wheat, an incredible product. I already got John Hinman from Hinman Pies going to start using it. Take a listen. We will make you better. We'll be back in just a few. Hey, it's Greg Hollenbeck. Anymore these days, when I go out to eat, I not only want to eat delicious food and drinks, but I also want to eat where I know my money is going to a local restaurant that I believe in. I believe in The Goods Restaurant on Colfax and Mark Whistler. The Goods is a community restaurant and bar with a... Yeah. Focusing on vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, and keto options. Comfort food lovers, try the best burger on planet Earth. I love it. Eight ounces of grass-fed beef and never, ever any hormones, antibiotics, or steroids. The Goods is truly a cold... I hear you. Um, a family restaurant... Weird. All right. I'll try to... I'll 
I'll try to do stuff. Long, luxurious bar. Have a nice craft beer. Cock. Like their. Yeah, I saw Shannon walking around. Vance and specials going on. Let me go. Let me. All right. Well, we got a we got a uh, live read here in 45 seconds, 50 seconds. School with. But I will do that during the next segment. Look them up online, thegoodsrestaurant.com. I'll see you at the goods. Want to bake the best? Bake with the best. Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas and the Modern Eater. Our wraps fold cold and don't break open, yet they're soft and delicious. What's my secret? Ardent Mills. Organic, ancient, and heirloom grains like quinoa, spelt, and more. Locally headquartered in Denver, Colorado, Ardent Mills provides the industry's broadest range of traditional and organic flours, whole grains. Co- yeah, we got one. It's it's after this. There's a ma. There's a modern modern eater encore and then a pause. Ardent Mills, and I know you will too. To bake the best, you must use the best. Learn more at ardentmills.com. Hey, brewery and restaurant. 15 seconds till the live read. Save 10 to 20% on your natural gas bill? Of course you do. Saving money is making money. Your savings is just a phone call away. Call Brian Rizzuto now, 720-245-5771. 720-245-5771. It's Encore Energy. All right, you guys, back to the show in just a second. But before we do that, it's bread time, and it's bread talk for the holidays. Greg, I know you love bread. I love bread. Brian Freeman loves bread. We love Aspen Baking Company at AspenBaking.com. No preservatives, no artificial coloring, no chemicals of any kind in their bread. Just fresh hoagie, focaccia, ciabatta, baguette, croissants, bear claws, lobster rolls, pound cakes, coffee cakes, and more. Box lunches. If you want to get your employees catered or you just want to uh, have a party and cater it, they're doing box lunches now, too. So that's AspenBaking.com. Hashtag, how's your Aspen? I'll say the website one more time, and then we're back to the show Carrie, I'm going to need you, and uh, Chef Blake, I'm going to need you, and we'll be back. It's AspenBaking.com. Hi, Michael Myers from Distillery 291. I'll say whatever you want me to say. (laughs) That'll get me in trouble. (laughs) Ride it like you stole it, drink it like you own it. You're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Oh, yeah, back at Uh it. Studio Kitchen Colorado, the Modern Eater Show continues with Chef Kerry Barron. We're going to do some uh, chicken demo, how to break down a chicken. And uh, yeah, Tonalis. Yeah. Christopher Sanchez is here with us as well with yeah, Kerry hey, Barron. Good to see you. Evening. Thanks for having me. I love hearing that. First of all, uh, this chicken, I, I'm reading about it. This is everything I like in a chicken. I call those places, those mass manufacturing plant, chicken kicking plants, because that's ha- truly how they treat their chickens. They're kicking them around, and it's terrible. Breaks your heart, Carrie. It's terrible. It doesn't, I know. Yeah. Factory farming. Yeah. Well, can you keep a chicken like this economical for a chef like Carrie who needs... As far as supply or as far as just the quality of the product? I would say both ways. So, yeah. Because I think it's a dual. I mean, I think being able to source for a big chef like this, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to keep up with their demand, but right. also keep it at a price point that works for her guests. So, let me give you some numbers. So, on do you know on the daily average how many chickens are killed in the United States? I want to know that. All of them. Hold that one. How, how many yeah. are killed a day in the United States? Can you hang on to that one? Yeah. It's I insane. want people to this think is... about that one because so, I was trying to add up. Well, think about it. Think about hang on, this. Hang on a second, Christopher. I was trying to add that up of, like, what we're doing, eat, consuming chicken-wise worldwide. 
it's got to be enormous numbers, and, and Christopher's going to tell us that. But I don't want to do the uh, the horse before or the buggy before the horse. First of all, tell us what you do, Christopher, and and who you're with. All right, thank you. Well, I'm with Tonali's Meats. Thank you. We are a family-owned and operated wholesale meat distribution facility in Denver, Colorado. Um, company's been around for 56 years. I'm the only part of the company that's really not directly related to family, even though they treat me like family, which is great. Um, company's been around, like I said, for 56 years, started by their grandfather. Grandfather passed away, father took over, and then daughter's still in the company and the son, so it's been kind of going down the family line. Um, so with that, we try to do our best on providing really good quality proteins and products like that for the chefs of Denver and trying to just work with a lot of really, really good companies that we can stand behind as well. So. Sourcing is a big thing for your company. It's a very big thing. You know, but then also, like, people got to remember, too, that not every single farm is like what these people do. There's still farms out there that have to feed the masses of the world. Otherwise, we're all going to go hungry. So, But we, we do but, our best. But is that true? Boy, I could do an hour on that. Yeah, is that true? I mean, because community-wise, we can, we can hunker down. But I, I know that mass dis- distribution model that's there. So now we will go to where Brian wanted to go immediately to the good stuff. <laughs> How many chickens? I'm like, let's dive into the meat. Yeah. How many chickens are killed in a year in the U- or in a day? A day? A day? Well, wait, Not- though. First, oh, we wait, should tell guess. people Everybody how many. Guess. Well, let's give them t- t- tidbits here. How many average chicken do people eat every day Ooh. or uh, in a year? Do you know that figure? I know how many in the world are slaughtered in a year throughout the entire world. But oh. how many are consumed on a, in a day? I, can't, I mean, everyone eats something different every day. Well, how, how, gentlemen, how many chickens do yeah. you eat a day? Well, no, I go. You know, I'm on a chicken diet, so I'm almost eating everyday chicken. It's you eat, have, what, a half a chicken, a quarter chicken, a leg? I would say a quarter to a half every day. Okay. As crazy I as it is. I think most yeah. Americans eat one chicken a week. One whole Total. chicken. Yeah. Like, no how probably. many chickens do you eat a day? A day? Nobody eats one chicken a day. I This guy oh. could. You eat all chicken a day? Sauce? Well, I, <laughs> but that's not a daily day. But I, I, I taste. I mean, we cook them all night long, so I have to taste mm-hmm. them. So. But doesn't add up to a whole chicken. No, maybe like an eighth. And you're an exception, probably, because you're in the probably. kitchen all and day I, long. And I like them. But I think most <laughs> Americans <laughs> probably eat one chicken a week, cumulative. Okay, I think that's a good guess. Uh, good one, guess. one chicken would last. So how many Americans are there? Oh God! <laughs> well, how many how many people year. are in the world, right? No, we're doing so seven point six five billion we're people. Just, we're right? just right. Good old right. USA. Yeah. What do we got? <laughs> I think it's five hundred million a day. Well, no, no, I think it's five hundred million in the U.S. So I'll take that and the math seven into that. So I'm here's my guess that there is a two million chickens slaughtered in the U.S. every day. For consumption, it's higher. It's higher than yes. higher. Yes, it's nine, <laughs> that's what it's nine million. It's yeah. nine. Nine million chickens. We're some chicken a, a day. day. So do some a fast day. math on that. Three hundred and sixty-five uh, days a year, Greg. Come on, nine times three sixty-five. We're gonna get emails like, Greg, you don't know how to count or math. <laughs> that's a lot. I know that's a lot of chickens. In, in the in the world last year, it hit two hundred and seventy-five billion wow. chickens. Yep, and that's where year. I was going. With it, because if you think that there's 7.65 billion people in the world, uh-huh. and then you multiply that times how many are you going to eat in a year? But hello, that's a big number. It's not the most number. consumed protein worldwide, though, is it? It's number. I think it was number three or number four, yeah. just because seafood and pork, and then also we don't eat a lot of goat in the United States. I so thought goat, goat was number one in worldwide. Seafood, seafood probably be seafood. Goat. Yeah, worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but seafood. goat's probably number two, right? Yep. Which amazes me because we 
barely eat goat or me. You know, we put, we put so goat on the menu at Bardo, and it was crickets. Really? Like, oh. And it's so sad. It's but lamb. so delicious, and it was, like, you know, responsible, and I only had one bad day. Like, the perfect goat, and it was, we, we made it we'll just awesome call it shit. We'll call it lamb's cousin, and then just not call it goat. <laughs> People can handle lamb, but goats, they're not quite there. And then I don't know how they make money off of chicken. That's totally a sidebar, but you go into and you go, like, what? There seems like there's $10 in feed for a chicken in its lifetime. And then all the other things through manufacturing and processing and yeah. getting it to market. Where's the margins in I chicken? I have a question, Christopher. How long does it take from when an egg is hatched to to this wog? Yeah, Wait, so, well, what's a wog, first so of all? The, the wog is just the term that they use for a processed chicken. Also, it can be used as a broiler is another term that's used. So you have wog and broiler. Well, um, it's wing on... Got it. Gutted. Uh-huh. Yep, there is with the uh, the abbreviation, right? right. Wing, wing on gutted. Right. Yep. So with this, what also makes this chicken so different is that your typical bird broiler wog, by the time it's done, it's only lived for about 42 to 46 days. How long? That's, that's how quickly they've produced. These chickens are slow growing, which is a number one important factor because since it's slow growing, it has the time to actually mature properly, yeah. skeletal structure, muscle structure, bone structure, healthier immune system, healthier organ health, heavier, healthier everything all the way around. So these birds are anywhere between 55 to 65 days. And the reason why that there's a 10 different uh, day gap is yep. because the smaller birds are going to be the little hens, and those ones are about 2.5 to 3 pounds when they're done. And then the roosters, like we have here, this is a rooster, so this one's 3.5 to 4 pounds when it's done. So that's where it needs the extra couple days to get to that mature weight. So these these guys are hanging out, playing dominoes. You got it. You know, <laughs> harassing him. But, that's a, but you guys, in the big picture, that's a short time. 60 days. I can grow a whole head of romaine in 60 days. Exactly. So that's not a lot to raise a chicken. No. I mean, I would have thought you would have said six months. So, so think about it from this perspective, too. For the amount it takes you to grow that head of lettuce, companies are able to mass produce and pump feed into a commodity chicken that you're consuming in under 42 to 46 days. And then you'll, you'll see you'll see an issue. Um, I don't have a, a picture of it with me, but there's also an issue where you'll see when uh, chickens with their breasts, with these breasts especially, the, the muscle fibers are extremely fine. There's multiple, multiple muscle fibers, so that makes for a tender chicken. On the bigger produced chickens, the muscle fibers are really thick, and so that makes a tougher breast, right? So when their wings go up and down, they exercise the breast muscle, and that helps in that uh, part of the genetics, right? When it doesn't do that, then you start to see things like tumors in the breasts. You get what's called like the woody breast issue where the chicken's really tough. It's really yeah. rubbery. Like when you go to the store yeah. and you see that stuffed chicken breast and it weighs six pounds, yeah. it shouldn't weigh six pounds. Oh. So it's just, it's, it's, terrible. it's been fed so quickly. And it then makes the, you not want to eat it. Then, but then you look, you seek these things out and you feel better about it and the quality, it tastes better. Right. But these responsibly grown chickens and brought to harvest you can't help but think a happy chicken is going to yield a better meat because of the hormones and, and going to, to to harvest that it, it's just terrible right i mean the trauma that a chicken goes through in one of those mass production right. plants can't taste good in the meat no and one of the things that you notice right away with these is there's a nice yellow hue 
on all of these chickens, on all the skin. And that is just an extremely healthy, healthy bird. When you go and you buy a bird at the store normally, they've been uh, water-cooled, they've been waterlogged, so there's a percentage of water in the chicken, and then the skin is almost like a really opaque white. Can you do 30 seconds on that, air-chilled versus that? So air-chilled is when the bird is just being chilled naturally through really cold circulated air through the whole carcass. And then when you do water chilling, you're speeding up the process because there's so much volume that they're taking the chicken once it's being cleaned and they're dipping it in water to cool it down. And then they're doing that multiple times. So then what happens is over a period of time, even though they're still hung and they're dried, it's not for the entirety of the chicken's cycle before it's packaged. So then that's why sometimes you'll see on a package may contain up to like 3.5 or 6% water. That's why is because you see the chicken going through water chilling tanks. Christopher Sanchez dropping yeah, knowledge. I know. And I got a question behind that, that, but we got to go to break, man. I but when so we come back. Uh, got a question up. We'll bring, come back. Yeah. We are going to butcher these chickens down. Carrie, take it away what we're going to see in this next segment, though. Uh, well, we are going to. Christopher doesn't know the cut. We're going to spring on him here in a minute. So Blake and I are going to walk him through it. And then we're going to cook and eat one of these delicious little birds. I love that. What, chef, charcuterie with uh, Carrie Baird? Or, well, I guess cutting. Your <laughs> I mean, it cutting might be lessons. the hardest, yeah. the hardest thing ever. Like, Blake, describe how to break a chicken over the radio. <laughs> <laughs> do it really fast and get a lot of them done. <laughs> You've got That's 20 right. to do today. Now, yeah. I, I'm a guy who does a full chicken a week. I actually buy the full chicken. And, do you do you, you buy a raw chicken thing. or a rotisserie? I buy a raw chicken. Good for you. Yeah, how do you season it? I, you want to hear this? Okay. So I lift up the skin, right? Make sure I get under the breast, lift up the skin. I get some paprika in there. I get, I, I get the uh, minced garlic already mm-hmm. done. Put that you in there. You buy minced somewhere. garlic? I'm sorry, but yeah. Friendship terminated. L-A-Z. Hey, better than it was just the powdered garlic. I mean, I'm going that far. And I'm getting a little bit of oil on top of this. I'm getting salt and I'm getting pepper in there. The paprika is the number one thing for me. And then I put a little bit of mustard powder in there. That's my secret thing. And then I make sure the outside and the inside, because I want that chicharron tasting delicious when I'm done. That skin. But sometimes it's anticlimactic that you pull that skin off and then you've left your breast naked and it has no seasoning. Nope. So I'm going to make sure that's seasoned up as well. It's like it's like an hors d'oeuvre, the skin. But it goes through a few meals. <laughs> it's course one. It goes through a few meals from tacos one night why. into sandwiches the next day and then using the carcass and throw it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you, if that's you're doing one a week, you should have a big bowl of chicken soup for everybody every Saturday night. I probably live, should. So All right, we've got over it. time. We're going to come back. We're going to do some butchery. This is cool. Denali's is here with us. And Christopher Sanchez. Of course, Blake Edmonds and Carrie Baird. All's well in the world. We're going to do a lot of booze in the next hour. So stand by for that. In Studio Kitchen, Colorado, off to the Little Rich Corner, which Carrie Baird loves. We're going to have to have Carrie do a thing to introduce the Little Rich Corner every time it happens. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. All right, there he is. Little Rich, Little Rich Corner. We'll take a break. Come right back on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Thank you, Greg. I'm back with Steve. Uh, I did a rare thing. I brought Steve back on. Usually I just have people on in the corner for just once during the show. But you had so many people over there, and there's so many different bottles. I had to bring them back. And look at this. So now it's it's Applejack. Is that correct, Applejack? So it's Applejack. So what this is, it is a Colorado apple brandy. It's a single pass through a small copper still. Then we lightly oak it, we put it in a bottle. Really simple, great ingredients, all Colorado ingredients. And what I like doing with this is I like taking two ounces of this, an ounce of Torino-style vermouth, a few dashes of bitters, stirred, served up with the proper cherry. Colorado Applejack Manhattan, simply wonderful. 
Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I'm afraid if I start drinking this, I'm going to start talking into this like it's the microphone. This is 40 proof? That's 40 proof. Holy cow. That's uh, that's lightning in a bottle right there, baby. <laughs> well, he'll be on the table to talk more about it. We'll be back in just a few. Congratulations. These are some great products. Thank you very much. We've got some words from our sponsors coming up. Gluten-free things. Gluten-free things at Colorado Mills. We'll be back. Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Urban believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Hey, it's Chef Elon Wenzel, owner of Element Knife Company. If you cook, then you'll know the importance of a quality knife and proper care. My training in Japan exposed me to exceptional cutlery. That's why I am so excited to offer you the knives I fell in love with. Element Knife Company is chef-driven, and my goal is to support and educate. Get at me for a knife clinic or conversation. Find me at elementknife.com or by simply calling 303-460-4628. For the best knives in your kitchen, think Element Knife Company. Listen up, barbecue lovers. Greg Holland back here for Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Proud Souls is Denver's authority of all things barbecue. Do you rule your neighborhood with the best backyard barbecue? From beginners to pit masters, Proud Souls has all the equipment you could possibly want. A variety of wood, pellet, and charcoal grills and smokers. Award-winning pit masters and owners of Proud Souls, Dan and Tony, have a passion for barbecue, and it shows. Located on 25th and Federal, Proud Souls retail store is bursting at the seams with your barbecuing essentials, the Spice Guy spices, and superior flavored fuels for your pit like hickory, mesquite, oak, pecan, cherry, apple, peach, maple, grape, and a variety of blends. Hit their website, ProudSoulsBBQ.com, for delicious hands-on barbecue classes and get information on current promotions and deals. For the best in barbecue, locally owned and operated on 25th and Federal, there are guys. Proud Soul Barbecue. Coming back. That's ProudSoulsBBQ.com. Feed me now! This is the Modern Eater Show. That's right, boy! I'm starving! And now it's time for In the Kitchen. How am I supposed to keep on feeding you? Kill people? Brought to you by... 
proud souls, barbecue, and provisions. Award-winning competition cooks and purveyors of specialty barbecue supplies right here in Denver, Colorado. ProudSoulsBBQ.com. Feed me all night long. Welcome back to Kicking It with Carrie. Your NPR show. Kicking it in Carrie's corner. Um, (laughs) This is where we talk about food, love, life, culture, and most of all, advice. If you have. Any, anything you need, I'm here. Can we open the lines? Yeah. Well, we got, here's a couple comments. Erica Hartman, we love you, Carrie and Blake. Oh, Erica. You guys and your food are amazing. Denver and Colorado is lucky to have your talent. Oh, that's our that's, girl. That's my sister-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> Does right. it count? I have my mom, yeah. 100% it counts. Anne Marin McKessick. Anne. Anne. Yeah. Mama Anne's in. Hey, Anne. Check out what she says. Hi, Carrie and Blake. Wish we could hear you instead of the commercials. Oh, oh come Anne. on, Ann. That's what pays down. for the programming, Ann. <laughs> Ann, keep the sass down. Come on, Ann. Get it together. You know what's funny is I like that comment, and then I'm like, oh, dang. I'm like, that's, that's you know, right. I can't take it back now. They pay the bills. They keep the lights on. Christopher Sanchez, Sonali Meads here with us. We're going to break down some tickets. So it's 6.54. We have until 6.58. We're going to do a couple of things here. First of all, Carrie, I'm just going to throw it to you. Okay. Well, let's um, let's break down a chicken. It'll gov up, everybody. These are larges. I'm a medium. So. Blake's ready, man. Yeah, Blake's ready. So I'm going to let Blake drive the bus on this one. Why? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> first of all, this is what I think we should do. We have, there's three of us, but there's a fourth chicken. I think number four should be we time Blake. Right, we got the timer right here. Okay, great. I think, so we're going to walk Christopher through uh, how we break down the chicken we're about to eat. But then when we're done, let's see how fast Blake can do it because I think it's going to be like Superman. You level. got the camera right on. Yeah. <laughs> so Blakers, talk us through this. Um, I personally, this is, there's so many ways to do it. I like to start with the wings. We take it off. So, so the wings Flip are it around towards to yourself. The feet are far away. And the feet are away from you. Now always at the knuckle. Mm-hmm. Right at the knuckle. And then just pop it out. It should just pop out. If you did it right, it just kind of comes right it's out. It's like, yeah, the knuckle there, it's pretty loose at this joint. Yeah. And you know, Christopher, the first thing I noticed when I butchered these chickens the first time is they're dry. They're not wet. They're not sliding around. There's well, no skin is, the skin is thick, and it's it's tight, and yeah. it's strong. It's not, like, loose and beat it's up. It's really, and really great. Is not, it weird to have cooks and chefs talk to you about how the skin on the chicken and how it's not dry? Oh, I, I mean, it. it's, it's, it's interesting because, that. like, people don't quite get that when you see a really good quality bird. Well, in the first, the first rule of like getting like something crispy or get caramelized caramelization on something is to have it dry. Yeah. So if you have this water, mess, you're screwed. Yeah, water, you're done. You're gonna but get these dry birds, like look at that skin. All right, like, see if you can do anyway. that one. In, okay. So in then the you middle. start chine bone here, right down the middle. Just kind of make a little incision, and then you feel for that that breastplate there. Two minutes. And then work. I usually start with the left side. And then the, you find the, the wishbone here. Too. It's on the back side. I'm going to buy us another minute. I'm going to talk to Don back at the studio. Don, thanks. And I just, you work your knife. Like, fig- picture this is like the carcass. You're just kind of working it down the side. We're just just being riding the back, the side of the blade, not like not pushing, just riding it not down. Not pushing and using the sharpness. And the, the most important thing is here is to have a sharp Sharp knife. knives. Always sharp yeah. knives. Always sharp knives. We hey, don't Don, buy me a minute back at the studio so yeah, we can break it. 59.50. Thanks, All brother. Right. I can talk faster. Oh, no, you're good. I can I can go, uh, you know, auction. We just want to make sure. And then we, we just <laughs> work at the same side. The other side part. I mean, not the same side. 
And then at this point, I flip the bird around. You've got the carcass pretty well splayed out. And then you've got, you follow your wishbone down right here. And this is where you find the joint for your, uh, your drumsticks. And you just literally push down, pull back at yourself. And you've popped that joint. And then at this point, I take, I hold the thighs like this. And I pop them out of the socket. Just like, pop. Yep, you feel it. And then you flip the bird over. You got your drumsticks that are already disjointed. And then you follow this line right down here in the middle. You can even make a mark. You just grab that skin. I like that move. You make the little mark. And then you just pull, you hold the thigh and the breast kind of away. And you, again, you're just riding the, the, the flat edge of the knife. Don't forget the, the most tender piece of the bird, which is the, uh, what do the we call oyster. that? The oyster. Which I missed on that one. I got the oyster here. Look at mine. This is how you get the oyster out. That's what you want. This is, folks, this is so cool. I got to tell you. (laughs) I I love this. One minute left. Blake, grab that full chicken, right? We got one minute left. Okay, go. Can you do it under a minute? And go. Can somebody hit it? I'll wait wait at like. Oh, you're going to. Okay, you're going to do it under a minute. Eight seconds radio. That's like forever. Okay, so we have 50 seconds. No break. He's going. Okay, here he goes. He's he's begun. How long is it going to take him? Full value on themoderneater.com. Watch us live. And here we go. Oh, my. Did you see that? How many of these are you doing a day? Or Not many anymore. Well, I, I used to do a lot, about 8, 10 cases a week. Oh, boy. Ooh, look at that move. And he's using gravity. Like, that's one thing that's really cool to see is, like, he's not, like, pushing. He's, like, pulling in gravity. Don't forget you have to debone the thighs. Like, if you're not done yet. It's like, I know. I don't, <laughs> I don't want a cheater who's part of our team or nothing. Nope, no cheating. <laughs> so this is, has, has been 40, yeah, 35 less than 40 seconds. 40 seconds. So He's already broken the Oh, look so at that. Backside of the knife. He's using the backside of the knife. He's in. Oh, man. Oh, oh <laughs> All right, let's do. We're going to have beer on with us next. Blake Edmonds, Carrie Baird. We'll continue. Thanks. Well done, Blake. Oh, well done. Oh, man. That, that's something watching that breakdown. Now, I'm, I'm going to invite Carrie. I'm going to have Carrie come over. We're going to have a little bit of a conversation. Come on over here, Carrie. I'm, I'm going to tell you what's going on here. I'm going to give you the mic. Okay, Catch your breath after that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff Did going on there. Did anybody just see him break a chicken down in 30 seconds? That was unreal. I mean, let me tell you a story. So when I first started working at Bardot, we were all bragging about how we could break chickens down. Of course. And that's like, I broke a case of chickens down in 22 minutes. And so I showed up there as the chef, and I was like, I broke a chicken down in 24 minutes, thinking I was all hot. <laughs> and then I'd forgotten to debone the legs. <laughs> so I oh. I was, I, I was only halfway. Oh. I know. Anyway, well, if, it, if the chicken was like me, it didn't look like it had legs. So maybe it was kind of that. Maybe they were Richie chickens. I don't know. We're just saying. Thanks for coming back to see us. You're one of our favorites. You're such a sweetheart. You light up the whole kitchen. Oh, you're so sweet. Truly. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. We're working on it. We're working on it. Trying to make it better, uh, more community focused on our, on our culinary you're industry. You're doing a good job. And, you know, you're, doing, you, you're on the right track. We're trying. We're yeah. trying. Thank you. Thank you. So I've got an unusual question for okay. you. Okay. Uh, and it's, it kind of really has nothing to do with food, yet maybe it does. Is what jobs early on in your career, in your adulthood, did you do that you hated the job, but now, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I went through that muck, <laughs> if you will. Oh my, there's so many. Well, <laughs> let me tell you a fun story of my okay. first job ever. 
Um, in Pocatello, Idaho, where I was born, there was a farm called Fraser's Egg Farm. It was a big egg factory farm, really stinky and gross. But outside of it, they had a few acres of berries. And so they would pay you $5 a flat to pick berries. And you could do it before you were, of, like, I, I think I did it when I was... 13 maybe oh my God. like we weren't we weren't of working age yet but so you'd go there and you could pick a flat of berries and they pay you five dollars flat so me and my girlfriend went and my mom dropped us off and we were to you know make twenty dollars or something yeah, like oh man and so eight hours later we were so sick and full of raspberries. We'd eaten so many. And I have this very vivid memory of laying in the rows and looking through the bushes at her. And we're just, like, dying in the sun. Like, how, how do they do this? And why would they do this? We made $5. Oh, my we, gosh. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. And we were there for hours. And it was so hard. It was the hardest job. But it made me appreciate, like, especially raspberries, like, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, do you have emotional baggage against raspberries? <laughs> if someone says, look mean, at this raspberry, no, 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 no. I just, there has to be a better way. They're, you know, like, they can't possibly be paying people to pick them one by one because not only did we, was it hot? It was Idaho summer. It had to be 100 degrees, but we ate oh. more raspberries than we put in the flat. So the farmer couldn't have liked that. <laughs> <laughs> the yield was off a little bit Yeah, that our day. mothers didn't send us with lunch. We ate the raspberries. Oh, it was awful. That's so funny. But, uh, I mean, so everything else after that had to seem relatively easy. Well, sure. And then the next one, you know, I worked at a diner in high school. And, you yeah, know, what so, did you do? Uh, my first real job, I, I, I was a waitress, and I wore this horrible moo moo that was two times too big and i had to wear new tights and black sneakers and just it was a coffee shop and back then you could smoke inside and so it was a 24-hour coffee shop so people would smoke cigarettes and drink coffee we had like a limit on refills it was something like 18 at 18 cups i had to charge you another dollar for another one (laughs) oh my god i know it was a different time but um uh, and did they, I mean, God, uh, 18 cups, I would think a catheter would almost be needed. You think that you just needed a, yeah. So I you've mean, been in this gig a, a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you start at the front of the house. How did you migrate to the back? Well, I did front of house um, for quite a long time. But, you know, I just, I was missing something. I wasn't satisfied. I, I didn't, I wasn't like, you know, I had an itch I couldn't scratch. And so I made the move. I, you know, I was just like, I, I was tired. Like, I was making good money. I was happy. I was content. But I just, there was something I wanted. There, I wanted something more. Well, on behalf of everyone who's ever eaten a, even a single bite of your food, thank God Hello, you me. went to the back. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Well, there is something to be said. The back is that camaraderie, that, that just that it's, you link together and we got to get through this. Oh, it's like a pirate ship. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I I have a little bag of something I want. I want to give to you. I got a call from a friend of mine, and that's the fun part of this this uh, this show. A friend of mine, Terry Mays. She makes some incredible jellies, like pepper jellies. Ooh! And I went to a show, a food show, probably four years ago, and in that whole show, her jellies were the best thing I found in that show. I love that. And so I have them at home. I think we've even still got some here. But Terry called me last night. She saw you were going to be on the show. And she's like, Richie, I would love for Carrie to see and taste my jellies. So let me reach back over here. 
I picked these up from her this morning. Well, bless your little heart. So this is this is what it is. I'll just do a little quick show on the camera. Hacienda Maze. This is awesome. How did she know that I absolutely adore savory jellies and jams? She pays attention. She's a, she's a I smart mean, this one. Is, thank you. Merry Christmas. Enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, We're going to be back. Thank you so much. i got to have a hug. Mwah. Thank you. We'll be back. <laughs> that was a great segment. That was so much fun. How about a bite to eat? It's time for the second course, hour number two of The Modern Eater. What are you hungry for? Here's to a meal we're all here for. Delicious and tasty. Now we're getting to the good stuff. With your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. Yes, 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 and more yeses. Happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. Hanukkah, Monza, whole week full of holidays. Family, friends, however you look at it, you know, not everybody's like you, Brian. Don't expect them to be. <laughs> Come on, people now. are different. Your family, well, you're different. not different. Look at you, and we, I know we put twinsies. together a nice picnic table hey, tonight. Yeah. That's a, I like your shirt better. <laughs> we'll switch in the next one. Uh, Greg Hollenbach, Brian Freeman, Carrie Baird. We continue. Blake Edmonds in the case. He's serving food for everybody else. Yeah, he's doing. He's doing what he does good. <laughs> yeah, which is what. <laughs> Doing what he does good. Being fancy. <laughs> Cleaning up and being fancy. Okay, Carrie. Ready? Yeah. Because uh, you like spirits. You like beer. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Um, Blake was telling me, I like the cheapest beer you could possibly give me. Which, there's a place for that. PBR. For sure. Know, those for types sure. of things. Um, but artisanal beers that are made here, craft beers. We've got a company Banded Oak Brewing Company. Like to welcome these guys. Will, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey guys. Good to see you. Yeah. Brianna, good hey. to see you as hey. well. Gosh, just smiling, ready to go. So tastings, that happens a lot in the industry. Yeah. Come in, let's taste that. We're gonna go through a little tasting rigmarole here. I've never tasted any of their stuff except for your Coles just a few minutes ago. And then this right here, I don't know quite know what that is. I think it's the Scotch Ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Scotch Ale. Delicious, first of all. Oh, thank you. Okay, let's pour some beers, let's taste them while you're doing that. Talk about Bandit Oak Brewing Company. Absolutely. Um, we're located um, less than two miles away from here, which is kind of hilarious. Um, so, yeah, we're um, Where uh, in between 4th and 5th on Broadway, 470. Oh, your neighbors. Yeah, so not far at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we've been around about three and a half years. Uh, we kind of dabble in some um, wine barrel aging. We do some whiskey barrel aging as well. Um, but, yeah, this is kind of some of our very drinkable, straight up, just beer. Uh, so none of these have been aged in uh, many wine or whiskey barrels. Um, they're just easy, approachable, you know, um, kind of the same style as a lighter, I guess, American kind of type of beer. So um, we're going to start off with the Kolsch. Uh, which is just a really nice, light German ale. It's a daily. It's, it's a daily. And so, exactly. Will, you're saying none of these tonight that we're drinking are sort of your flagship? Uh, none of these right now. Uh, we're, you know, we did uh, a Belgian Blonde that we put in a Pinot Noir barrel that we're going to taste later. Uh, but wow, for nice. these right now, these are just really easy drinking. We try to not really pigeonhole ourselves, so we kind of run the, the spectrum of, of taste. So if you come in, you're not kind of a beer nerd or you're not in a you know, experimental sure. or adventurous mood. You can have just a really straight up, easy drinking, um, drinkable beer. Or if you feel like trying something a little, you know, more uh, advanced, I guess, uh, you can have uh, Belgian Blonde or we do an Imperial Stout out of whiskey. Uh, we do a lot of kind of funkier stuff, uh, really based on what you're in the mood for. What's your beer palate, Carrie? You know, 
I, I, I tend to go to the IPA, the bitter, the hoppy. Yeah. Really? You mm-hmm. like the hoppy? I do. I do. I Don't get me wrong. There's a place in my heart for a Pilsner or a Kolsch, like, especially after, you know, a long, if I'm thirsty. Or but a if hot I, summer But if I'm day. sitting down, I drink an IPA. That's it? Yeah. IPA. Mm-hmm. Brian, you're not really a beer fan. No, I, that's totally wrong. I, I am. I just, as I've gotten older, I, you're... I just you're, love saying Yeah, I know. He, he loves busting my chops taste. about that. It's, but it's, I think your, your tastes change, you know, as we, yeah. as we age, as we mature. Oh, absolutely. Our, our tastes go from one place to the next. I started really dark. I was, you know, early 90s, I was embracing the 90 shilling. And that oh, was like oh, my yeah. beer of that choice. Was the beer back. Oh yeah, that was it. That's where I would go. Or like Molly Brown Ale from Rock Bottom and stuff like that. And as I've gotten older, it's totally funny because I've gone way, way light. So the Kolsch, that's my style these days. That or a ses, a saison, a Kolsch, something. I'm a lighter lager, even kind of guy. Are you like a sour too? You know, I do. I haven't embraced it as much. I what I have been drinking though lately is. Ferment, well, true alcoholic kombuchas. Oh, sure, sure. And I have found those are really, so you know. So modern of you. I know. I know. I, yeah. My kids would be proud. Well, I, I got turned on to it actually at a Whole Foods out in California. I was just doing a trip out there for Thanksgiving, and I started. I, I, they had an incredible selection of all these local California kombuchas with alcohol and i thought Lucy but kombuchas it's awesome yeah I, i'll tell you i drank a couple of them and i was like this is perfect oh yeah i was right on the right train that free, night um forget about it yeah I, it was like all the way around okay, but uh, it's funny I but i like i like this i like i do like a nice light well what do you do time. with the seltzer thing that's going on now do you embrace it yeah as a brewery Where, it's where's hard. your clear malt liquor yeah, world I mean, going i I do. I think there's a market for it for sure, 100%. Obviously, it's been kind of wildfire this year, um, but um, yeah, I think there's a place for it. Uh, it's just it's interesting, you know. A lot of breweries are doing seltzer versions. I just don't want anyone to kind of sort of betray what they believe in just to make a buck, I guess. Of yeah. sell a beer. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we're. I'm not saying we're above it. We haven't done one yet. Uh, it would be kind of interesting to play around, um, you know, with one and maybe put it in a barrel and add some extra flavor or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, you but, know, I um, heard the strange, the, the most interesting statistic last week, and I didn't hear it, like, on the news, like, someone told me, but the biggest brand debut in the history of the world was White Claw. Oh, yeah. Like, it beat the vapes, it beat the Red Bulls, it beat... All that stuff. It was White Claw had the biggest impact on the market in the history of mankind. Yeah. And I think like that- seriously. <laughs> well, and remember the two old guys from Bartles and James? You know, whatever happened to that? <laughs> well, what, what was the other one that came out? That was the you know the early ages of the Zima. Zima. Oh, gosh. Holy smokes. Thank you, Jay. I would have drowned. I'm always locked and loaded. You want to talk about Zima, my I'm glad this is like a year-end show. We're going back through memory lane tonight. You know, Zima's back. Zima's back. Is it really? Oh, totally. We could go to the liquor store and get some right now. I drink Not that we're going to because I like IPAs. I want to talk about this But I got to tell you, this is your Kolsch, right? Well, and This is awesome. Thank you. So here's one thing that a lot of people do with their beers is they find one they like and they don't. Go away from it at all. Just yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. like, uh, give me some more of that cold because I love it. 
Right, totally. Right, but I want to try these other beers here. No, absolutely. So. I mean, people are definitely creatures of habit. Um, people come in without looking at the menu, and they're just like, I want an IPA. Hit me with something and, else. That's and, what um, I do. I walk in, and I was like, what do you got? Do you got no, an IPA? No, totally. Um, it. And it's um, everyone kind of has their own stamp that they put on their IPA. We do a really traditional two-hop West Coast. Um, so, you know, once again, we, we don't really – there are – fads and things that happen in kind of the beer industry in every industry but we um kind of stay away from the hazies uh we don't really know the shelf life and kind of when it starts to get some particulate and some things in the beer it's not really my cup of tea what does a hazy mean hazy essentially means um there's a lot of yeast in solution so okay. it's, uh, that's what causes that uh kind of opaque character and ha- hazy is literally that like it's cloudy exactly yeah. cool. exactly right uh so obviously it started in new england and was a big deal and it would um people who kind of half filtered or not filtered at all any of their beers and for my personal palate i like more of a clean um just kind of drinking experience Mm -hmm. i guess i don't know how else to say it but yeah well why was there that race it seemed like people were going with these ipas making them so i i guess they're calling for a break but it's it's an interesting conversation because some people that like the ipas it's too much i mean to me it's like you taste it your mouth it's like pucker it just, it's over the Curiously, edge. And she carries on like, yeah, that's exactly like, what I like I don't about get it. any of that. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. It, just, it, ta- it tastes complex and cold and satisfying and Brian, high in alcohol Brian usually. Brian a super taster. Well, Brian, so, Brian is a super taster. Some things so, really yes. like are overwhelming. I mean, I get it. It's a terrible affliction. Oh, oh come yeah, on. I, it's not terrible. I, well, I know. I, I love it, but I hate being that guy. It tastes that's like, like soap, man. Yeah. No, that's a special like cilantro is- person. That's uh, that's not me. All right, I love cilantro. Let's break off. This is too cool because I'm having fun with this company. This is Banded Oak Brewing Company, right? I yep. Banded Oak. Yeah. yeah. Um, Will and Brianna are here with us. We're going to continue. Carrie Barrett's going to stick around. We're going to get into some more barrel age stuff next. Are you listening to that feedback on there? I can hear oh, it. You can hear that. Woo, it'll drive you crazy. That was two minutes ago. If you wondered what you said a minute ago, Ooh, just be quiet. You yeah. can hear it now. So does that mean we can cuss and they're going to fix no, it? No, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Uh, but I have a feeling that Carrie Bear can say whatever she wants, especially on TME, the modern she, she did beat Bobby Flay. I mean, you know. Ew. Yeah, she did beat Bobby Flay. Yeah. Okay, we'll come back. Barrel aging. It's uh, cool. Was, is it fat, Brian, do you think? No, 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 no. I think it's just the beginning. I, I think we're right, we're right at a new place where because it's going on in many different methods in the alcohol production, in my opinion. See the segue. We're going to do some barrel aged beers, and then we're going to go into some straight distilling with Golden Moon, and they'll be up in the uh, seven thirty portion of the show. So we'll continue right here from Studio Kitchen, Colorado, off the Little Rich in the Little Rich corner, and uh, we'll continue on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Yeehaw, we're getting close, we're getting close. Hey, I got my tall friend Christopher here from Tonali's. Tonali's, Tony and Alley. Yep. And he was mentioning something to me he wanted to bring up. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to make sure that people really understand the difference and what makes this chicken so special. So I really want them to go to cooksventures.com. I want them to read about this chicken program and see why it's so different, the things that they're doing that other producers of poultry are not doing in the market, the first company in the country to do what they're doing. I want people to go to Bardo. I want them to order this chicken dish so they can see for themselves what is making this program such a success and why it's so different. 
Well, I'm going to have to get me some. You, you know, usually I no. don't even eat during the show. And, and look how good it looks over there already. It looks fantastic, and as fast as they broke it down, obviously it's a tender chicken. Right, obviously. And not only that, look at the crispy skin on it. Man, it's it's, it's going to be something real good. Incredible. So I'm a restaurant. I want to get it. How do I get in touch with you? Uh, Tonali's Meats. We're at 38th and Delia, uh, 303-940-8700. And that, we're on 38th and Delia. That phone number again? 303-940-8700. Awesome. We'll be right back. Hey, brewery and restaurant owners, listen up. Do you want to save 10 to 20% on your natural gas bill? Of course you do. Saving money is making money. Your savings is just a phone call away. Call Brian Rizzuto now, 720-245-5771. 720-245-5771. It's Encore Energy. Rocker Spirits. 30 seconds to live read. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original. 15 to live read. Old Town Littleton. And if you get a some drinks, they've got the best food truck line in town. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Five and in. Dot com. Rockerspirits.com. All right, you guys, back to the show in just a second, but it's that AspenBakingCompany.com time where we talk about delicious bread, locally made with no preservatives, no chemicals, I no ate a whole dyes. loaf of bread last night. No, you didn't. Yeah, well, but yes, I wanted, no, he did. I wanted did. to. What? I wanted to. <laughs> I, I definitely could. Would you? Oh, without a doubt. Bread is like everything. Everything. Carrie Baird, you get down with AspenBaking.com? You know I do. Well, say it. Say Carrie Baird gets down with AspenBaking. Carrie Baird gets down with AspenBaking.com. I don't know if that's loud enough to cut out, but I'll take a shot at it later. (laughs) It's AspenBaking.com. Whether you're into hoagies, focaccias, ciabattas, baguettes, croissants, bear claws, lobster rolls, pound cakes, coffee cakes, the list goes on and on. If you're somebody like Brian Freeman from Growers Organic who treats his employees, now you have to, to uh, some boxed lunches. They do boxed lunches now, and they're using delicious. Delicious Rome sausage in those box lunches. So, Jay, who doesn't like a good box lunch? Uh, an, an, an insane person, I guess, or somebody that's already had lunch, maybe. Um, <laughs> those are the two people. They've already eaten or they're crazy. They're insane. Um, yeah, so well, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the website again where you can get all this delicious bread here locally in Denver, and then it's back to the show with uh, Chef Kerry Baird and the folks from Banded Oak Brewing Company. It's AspenBaking.com. Yo, yo, what's up? This is Justin Brunson, Ultra Meat and Cheese in Denver Central Market. I'm a meat guy. <laughs> and you're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Little Rich is reveling over the talents of Mr. Jay Parker right there. He is very talented. He is very talented. I love your reads too, Jay. Yeah, they're so fun. Your Thank witty you. commentary. Thank you. All right, round robin real quick. Okay, as we're getting into the holidays, what's the number one Food, the food or beverage that you only eat during the holidays that you love, Carrie. Cranberries. Cranberries. Mm-hmm. All right. How about you, Will? Uh, I'm kind of a sucker for eggnog, but I'm about a, like a Good one one. <laughs> one bottle and done. Yeah. Uh, only it, like yeah. one day, one drink. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah got to scratch the itch and I'm out. Brianna's thinking. Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Or pecan. No, yeah. I could see that. I mean, that. those are real. Would you say like pie in general or just those two? Just those two. I feel like summertime I'm not into the, I don't really the winter eat pie. pie yeah. unless, or just pie in general. Yeah. It's mostly just yeah. pie. Those two pies. We I'm with you. Did, pumpkin we and We actually did both the other day and we're like, I can't decide. I got to do this. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Be Free? I'm going to go sweet potato casserole, man. I, I never 
go down with the marshmallows like I do in the <laughs> around the holidays. So you're saying and, you don't eat sweet potato casserole in July? No, I, kn- I know, and I should, but uh, <laughs> I because I like it, and and I always tease people because everyone thinks we grow yams. The other day I was doing a tour, and they're like, "Oh, I eat yams all the time." Yeah, hey, vegetable like, guy, what's the difference between a yam and a sweet potato? Well, one, we do not grow yams; do not grow on this continent. They only grow in Africa, and I would say most of people in the United States or in the North America have never eaten a yam. So it's like a buffalo or a bison. Yes, we only have bison on this North American continent, but we call it the North American buffalo because that's we're the okay, best. That's we're American. That's a whole other conversation. Not, back to the root, to the tuber. Yeah. So is it it's, a tuber? it is a tuber okay. and a yam, but it's it's really interesting because a yam is is truly more of a starchy tuber than the so potatoes. So why did we start calling sweet potatoes yams? That it, it's interesting. I want to look. I want to find out because it has to do with marketing. I'm sure at some level because we just didn't know. Orange. Well, it's because, like, think about it. It's a Beauregard, which most people don't even know that. What is a Beauregard? What is which, a Beauregard? It's a sweet. It's a variety of sweet potato. Okay. So you have like so. What most people know is garnets or jewels. Yeah. We I try know to that. categorize everything into garnets and jewels, but you've got like your your O'Henrys, which are your white sweet potatoes. Delicious. Yeah. What about the purple variation? Well, the Japanese. Okay. The yeah, that's your Japanese potato, but we call it a Japanese yam. That's yeah, you your best. Brian, really talking produce. Oh. I call him. I'm like, you know what? Oh, we had a comment. I know. How do, where should you store this, Brian? Should my tomato be in the fridge? No, it'll get milly, and you don't want that. How much. dare you? you know, put your put your tomato. But I like a cold tomato, so now I'm just chilling it a little bit before I eat it, and I mean all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. Back to beer. Yeah, you can, let's, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Next episode. That's right. Yeah. Well, no, we could. I would love to geek out with you ever anytime, Carrie, Oof. on that. Because there's all there's a lot of things around that. Like I mean, a Jerusalem artichoke. We digress. Was, beer. Yeah, Here we beer. go. <laughs> and by the way, this Get him going. this IPA though, I will say, <laughs> super mild and right in line with oh, what so I well would done, say well is done. a tasty IPA. Segway. No, seeing you light up when you uh, talked vegetables was uh, it was it was impressive. It's for sure. right, yeah, right. It's like, like a yeah. light comes but, yeah, on. It was amazing. Thanks. It's, <laughs> but um, it's my groove. It's, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's strike zone. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we also. If brought... you ever need to ask him what you should plant on your balcony, like I do, <laughs> oh, where good. the exposure is and the best. For sure. Okay. We or do. or should you refrigerate or not peel or not? Yeah. yeah. Like. Onions, to potatoes, <laughs> tomatoes. Uh, Is there any use for carrot peelings, Brian? Ooh, yes. Right <laughs> <laughs> up again. Amazing. I know. Like he, he's he's amazing. And please, can we talk about your of beer? Of course. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> barrel aging. All right. So I I set it up before the break. Barrel aging. Is that something that just? Are you just showing off? I mean, uh, no. No. I mean, so you know, to to very much boil it down, uh, you know. Wineries, uh, distilleries—they, uh, it's essentially waste uh, after you know use. Uh, so you either use it in beer or use it with furniture or decor. So there's not really a lot of uses for all these barrels that are being essentially thrown away uh, after they're being used to make wine or beer, or uh, wine or whiskey. Um, so we specifically do a lot of uh, wine barreling. Um, so mainly from California. Um, Dumal is the name of the winery, uh, so they do a, a French oak, um, and it's absolutely delicious. It just, can I get down on? Oh, absolutely! I'd love to do that. I don't. Can I That's have such a, a fancy bottle? You want to pour out? I need. I need a. I need a dump bucket. 
Need a dumper? All right, we got that. We got another here. glass here, too. Oh, yeah, so. we got we got extras for Brian's sure. Brian's coming. Here he comes. So with if the winery doesn't reuse, do wineries not reuse barrels? Like, is it a thing? Do they hit the landfill? I mean, I feel like there's so many barrel-aged things yeah. this day and age. Like, is there actually barrels that are hitting the landfill? Oh, um, I don't and know do you and, and then and you as the the secondary consumer, do you have to pay for them? And is it expensive? You like, have to pay for them, absolutely. Um, you know, it's that. not overly expensive. Um, I mean, it's definitely a, a cost. I um, <laughs> What's that? The freight might get you. The freight, yeah. Right, because you have to get it here. I mean, like, uh, are there Colorado wineries? Like, There are. Uh, come so on, these guys are hyper-local. They know the peeps. We get no. you some fucking... We can introduce you. We can introduce <laughs> you. Get that back there's a dump right Don, there. There's that Don, please. <laughs> Go ahead. No, so um, me personally, uh, my family's been associated with a wine label in California, and that was the sure, Connect sure. originally. Uh, and um, just, you know, getting really... Well-used barrels that are good quality, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, just like in cooking, it's all about the ingredients you use to, to kind of make what you make. Um, and so with this, we, uh, we did a little bit of Pinot. Um, we have dabbled in some Chardonnay. It's not a, a ton of flavor that imparts, but um, right. the, the three kind of best varietals for us would be Pinot, Cabernet, and Syrah. Um, and so, so all red? Uh, mostly all red. Well, yeah. and you can, Will, I will tell you the moment, the nose of this yeah. It, 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 I haven't tasted it yet, but it threw me like left field. Oh, good. Because I'm thinking wine. When the moment, the nose on this yeah. is just way different than I'm sure what it tastes like. And it's a sipper, too. But is it, is. it? Yeah, fireside sipper. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. it's a little under 8% uh, ABV. So, um, or actually, this is 8.6. I'm losing my mind. Uh, so, the original Belgian blonde is a little under, so it actually imparts a little bit more alcohol, just kind of the, the wine that's uh, soaked in the staves. And will tell um, us, what was this again? Oh, this is the Belgian blonde. This is the blonde. Mm-hmm. And look at this, folks. It's it definitely more rosy for right. sure. Yeah. And that's from the wine barrel, right? It I is. would imagine. Absolutely. Right? The coloration. Absolutely. All this is available in your tasting room? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually just released our bottles today. Yeah. So we don't bottle a ton. We bottle probably four or five times a year. We do tiny little batches of maybe, you know, 10, 15 cases. So we're, we're teeny tiny. Um, so another kind of throwback to wine is we do uh, 750s uh, bottles instead of, you know, something a little, it's just a little more, feels like more of an event and you can kind of pair it with food and Can enjoy you buy it that, that off premise? No, not, not right now. Okay, so uh, go it's there. Only at the yeah. tap room. Yeah, and give that address again. So we're at 470 Broadway. So uh, I say in between 4th and 5th because Highway 470, people think we're there, but we're not. We're a little bit more north than that. So um, the <laughs> Across address. Across from the Wizard's Chest, everybody right. knows that. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Wizard's <laughs> Chest. Oh. I got you. Classic landmark. <laughs> I know where you're at now. Yeah. And you pretty know, soon that'll be worth it. Go the... get a little tuned up. Yeah. Go to the Wizard's Chest. Yes. It's a yeah. perfect afternoon. I love how you <laughs> say that, Carrie. Get Karen. the Wizard's <laughs> Chest. Get your own gift at Banded. You're I fine. Love it. Well, yeah. now I know. <laughs> Where's the Wizard's Chest? Oh, it's by Banded. It's by Banded. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Like people oh, will come, uh, there's a lot of competitions at the Wizard's Chest. What um, kind of com- like So like gaming. D&D, gaming, um, yeah. gaming uh, <laughs> and there have been a lot of celebratory beers uh, been had at Band-Aid. Let's get into that. You, you did bring that, Will. That's right. 
Now we're really rolling back in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> D&D, Pokemon. Oh, there's lots. Oh, and G. So. You guys uh, were a Pokemon it. stop at once, yeah. We were. Shut oh, up, yeah. Me? It was ridiculous. Even the people from Wizards Chess were like, how did you make that happen? We're like, I have no idea. It you just should happened. have been like, we. Oh, I know a guy. We know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I did that. I know Pokemon. It's 730 on 630K, our Radio affiliate. Hopefully you're tuned in on Facebook Live. You get full value and you get to see all these delicious beers that we're tasting. I am going there next week. Are you open during Christmas? Uh, Christmas Day and New Year's Day will be closed, but we're pretty much open all the time. How all dare time. you? That's when I like to drink and just. <laughs> you got to get your Crowley yeah, in or yeah. your bottle A's. Yeah, get those in. And these are, these are ready to go for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So Belgian Blonde is, um, you know, we did a small batch of them coming to the tap room and, um, yeah, super easy. No worries. Delicious. Well done, guys. Yeah, Thank no you. doubt. Everything yeah. I tasted was absolutely perfect. It really and, was. And these are the types of guys you want to support. Go see a new brewery. And this is a brewery that right? we can recommend right off the bat. And you can get your gaming on while you're at it. I don't think I would ever thought. Are you a gamer? Zero percent. I, I I have some of my line cooks are like level five nerds. I know, and I love them for it. And they they're so funny, but like they love the wizard's chest. And oh. Blake's dad is a, over. Blake's dad is really big into that stuff. Yeah. So we're like, you'll have to tell me later during the break what a level five bird is because I don't oh, even man. know that. I could like. I could show you a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's in the little rich corner. I love this. Oh, Blakers! <laughs> it's in the little rich corner. That, that's that's enough for eat. It's coming up right here. All right, Every, we're gonna break right here. Stay Thank tuned. you guys. This is gonna be Come good. Yeah. Right, yeah. Brianna, you Come guys. Yeah. Bandit Oak Brewing Company. Go see those guys. Um, support local. And this is Heck yes. hyper local, man. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. We're gonna do distilling. And Stephen Gould's up with Golden Moon Distillery and Golden Moon Speak or Speak Easy. Either one you want. We're going to do spirits up next right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Woo, you mean we've got one more hooch segment? Holy cow, this is going to get ugly in here. It's going to get ugly. And, and look, we're, we're here. We don't know what to do with our hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know, but I whiz excellence in the morning. <laughs> I know that. Whiz it straight from my whiz. I know. So I'm, I'm here with, with Blake, an incredible chef. Uh, Blake, where are you at these days? And you've been there a while. Where are you at? Uh, well, right now I'm at Mr. Oso. We just opened up uh, about six weeks ago. Uh, formerly Senior Bear, the Culinary Creative Restaurant Group. We have eight restaurants in town. Uh, a ton of stuff going on. But Mr. Oso is my, my baby right now. So. Wait, 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 wait. So where are you? Where is that restaurant? Uh, 32nd and Larimer. On the, on the corner. end of the, a block from me. Yeah. I'm on 31st and Larimer. Doing what? Making tortillas. <laughs> that's you? Yeah, that's me. Oh my god, I gotta get down. So what's gonna we be on your that. Christmas what's gonna be on your Christmas table for dinner? Uh, you know, honestly, my mom we're gonna go visit my mom on Christmas Eve. Nice. She likes to do a Christmas story uh, Christmas Day. So we're gonna have Chinese takeout at the house. Yes. Which is super fun. We she's been doing it for years. It's it's really fun. And then Christmas Day I'm gonna go visit my dad's side of the family. Awesome. And then that's it. Awesome. So, yeah. Merry Christmas, yeah. brother. Hey, we got some words coming up. We'll be right back. Great. Sausage awesomeness. My family is proud to carry on the fine traditions of Rome's founder, Jerry Rome, by producing a variety of amazing sausage in small batches with an eye on quality, not quantity. Every batch is made here in the great state of Colorado by hand-mixing spices, utilizing lean cuts of pork to make an outstanding product. 
Sourcing ingredients and materials locally, we are committed to supporting local vendors, chefs, restaurants, and the entire Colorado food scene. Getting hungry yet? Brats, Italian, breakfast, hot Polish, green chili, chicken apple, and the world's best chorizo. You can source all of our sausage through a variety of food service distributors. If your distributor doesn't carry it, call us. We'll come direct. You want a custom item? We'll do that too. Samples and, of course, sausage jokes can be had by contacting me directly at chris at romesausage.com or by phone at 303-296-7663. The modern eater loves Rome sausage, and I know you will too. Wear black and eat spices. Hey, Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At The Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients, or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us, you can't go wrong when you choose The Spice Guy for all your spice needs. The Spice Guy. Spicy. Born in Breck, raised in Denver. TheSpiceGuyCo.com. Listen up, barbecue lovers. Greg Holland back here for Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Proud Souls is Denver's authority of all things barbecue. Do you rule your neighborhood with the best backyard barbecue? From beginners to pitmasters, Proud Souls has all the equipment you could possibly want. A variety of wood, pellet, and charcoal grills and smokers. Award-winning pitmasters and owners of Proud Souls, Dan and Tony, have a passion for barbecue, and it shows. Located on 25th and Federal, Proud Souls retail store is bursting at the seams with your barbecuing essentials, the Spice Guy spices, and superior flavored fuels for your pit like hickory, mesquite, oak, pecan, cherry, apple, peach, maple, grape, and a variety of blends. Hit their website, ProudSoulsBBQ.com, for delicious hands-on barbecue classes and get information on current promotions and deals. For the best in barbecue, locally owned and operated on 25th and Federal, there are guys, Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. That's ProudSoulsBBQ.com. Hi, this is Lori Mitson. I'm a food hack, a uh, food writer. I was just told that I should my line. <laughs> and you're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Back at it, Studio Kitchen Colorado, the Modern Eater Show on the uh, final swing into uh, two segments of talking distilleds, distillates. Uh, your, your button is... Glowing, glowing, right? Freaking, you know, yeah, you are very Christmassy. You Brian. know, try and try and went down to uh, downtown. I, I get everyone get out of the house this weekend, enjoy the holiday spirit. Go downtown, support your local businesses and restaurants. I agree, absolutely. All right, here he is, Stephen Gould, Gold Moon Distillery. Hey, everybody, he how are hey, you, Stephen? Hey. It's been a while. We've been wanting to catch up with you for quite some time. It's good to have you here in the kitchen. This is the time of the year for me. I'm down with the brown. Brown spirits, I don't know, conducive to kind of colder months to me. To everybody, I think. I think so. And every month is cold in Colorado for Greg, so he's really down with the brown. Well, and, and here's, here's the thing. Even, even if it's warm, you know, you make yourself a whiskey highball. It's a great summer drink. Yeah. In the winter, you go a little heavier cocktail. Um, we're going to play around here in a little bit with a little rye whiskey and make a Boulevardier with a little bitters and stir it and drink it. Um, yeah. So. I love that you're using that bitters, by the way. We don't. We have a few Hearth and Dram. Shout out to those folks who are making some great bitters locally. But no one like that man right there. Big winemaker switched into alcohol. That right there is probably one of the best bitters, in my opinion, on the market. If you're drinking stuff like Contrato or the other red, I mean, it's just red dye number seven, right? 
Well, I mean, that's not. No, no, this is all natural. Um, yep. You know, he's, he's, he's a casual acquaintance. I wouldn't say we're friends. I love everything the man does. Uh, I'd like to say the same thing about the Koki Vermouth. Uh, Roberto Bava is a friend. He makes beautiful wines as well. They both have very similar outlooks on life, and their products are wonderfully used in cocktails. Any chance I get. Maybe Good I for you. I'm excited. That. Brian likes to get right into it. And I like to set the stage. It, it, and it's, it's, it drives me crazy. I watch the film. On There's the so next many week. jokes right now that I'm going to hold back. Like, I'll see how you are. He likes to jump right into it. Which Keep is, on, gentlemen. And, and Keep we on. Harry, how would you start this interview out, meeting Stephen for the first time? Well, Stephen, hi. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. It's a uh, to please, meet you please know that I drink rye. I drink rye. That's what I like. And so, you know, what do you got for me? So we do two lines of whiskey at Golden Moon. So we do our single malts, which are grain to glass, uh, which is what this product is, mm-hmm. at Golden Moon. Uh, all the malt that we use is malted at Golden Malting, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Molson Coors. Um, so the malt house is right down the street. But then the second line of whiskeys we do are our gunfighter line. And we work with a variety of distilleries in Tennessee and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. We bring in bourbons and ryes, and then typically we'll do something with them. So the rye whiskey we have here is 100 proof. Which one is it? This is, this is the gunfighter rye right okay. here in the middle. Gunfighter. Gun what a good you name. You ready to go, Carrie? <laughs> I'm gun sorry. That's the 13. The r- sorry. Gunfighter rye. Oh, this one. Okay. This one. Um, so this is 100-proof rye. It's made by our friends at O.Z. Tyler in Owensboro, Kentucky. We bring the spirit into Golden Moon. We put it in used California port-style wine casks. Mm-hmm. And we do a secondary finish, uh, typically about six months. Okay. Um, the barrels- is, that, is that pretty standard? The eight- this, is, this is more what someone in Scotland might do for, to finish a, Scot- a Scotch whiskey in a sherry or a port cask. Mm-hmm. So we're doing the same thing, but we're doing it with American whiskeys. And we're really making the whiskey our own. Yeah. So the reason we originally developed the Gunfighter line was solely to flush out the cocktail program at Golden Moon Speakeasy. Cool. You know, everybody's making bourbons. Everybody's making rye. I've made them for other people. Yeah. We needed something that we would finish that would be our own for the cocktail program. Cool. Well, here we are five, almost six years after Gunfighter was created. And, and why Gunfighter? Can you tell us about your name? Oh, you know, you already heard this story, didn't you? No. Okay, so I wanted something that honored the Wild West. I mean, we're in the Wild West. I always liked uh, cowboy movies and westerns when I was little. Shootout. Um, my, my father was a filmmaker. A lot of my family friends were actually in westerns. My uncle was a regular on Gunsmoke. Oh, wow. So you're so, talking John Wayne... Ronald Guns, Reagan, real no, kind of Western. The okay. won't even and know what that is. I know. And this is where it gets even cooler, I think. So when I was 16, I worked as a stuntman. And among other things, I was in a Wild West show in Virginia City, Nevada. And that's actually me on the label. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm the gunfighter. <laughs> One of my favorite Sunday shows, Wild Wild West. Oh, my God. Right I love Wild Wild West. You know? Oh, I love it. That was a great show, wasn't it? So I, I, I asked Blake to come in because he is, like, he got me into rye. Wait, so, I know a guy named Whiskey Bear. I, so the Whiskey Bear is standing right here next to me. Here he is. Hey, Blake. Oh, I just like it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing too particularly special about it. I just really enjoy it. I, but, like, I, yes, the, I, I drink rye because of my guy here, Blake. Well, and more often than not, when I'm at home, um, I'm going to make cocktails off of my rye. Yep. Uh, if I'm going to drink 
my single malt, I'll typically drink it neat right. or in a highball. Mm-hmm. But if I'm building cocktails, it's typically off of the port finished rye. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually just launched a rum finished rye as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good for rye old fashions. But for Manhattans, for Liberals, for Brooklyns, for your classic really earthy, spicy cocktails, I think the port finish works better. Yeah. Well, so, Greg, you, Greg didn't know how to get that. It's a drink. It's a drink. It's Greg's like, wait, Manhattans and Liberals, where? Yeah. Whoa, where's the show I going? I wanted to hear. I wanted, to, wants hear, an old I wanted to hear Rob Roy in there. Which I was telling. Oh, dear. Where do we start? So do you want to start by talking about Golden Moon? You want me to whip up a couple yeah, of cocktails? We can pass them around. Talk about Golden Moon while we whip up some. Uh, All of the above. Oh, yeah, yeah do I'm it. going there. <laughs> so, well, with any spirit, you should go straight first, right? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. What does that mean? Now? <laughs> we have enough glassware yeah, there. We do. George, grab some glasses. Just, yeah, grab, grab some small glasses, would you? Grab some of those little small glasses. We'll do that. <laughs> We're going to need like 97 glasses. Yeah. And, yeah. and then start I with mean, my don't you think we good. should like taste each one like raw dog and then, yeah. and then put it in there? Well, right, <laughs> I think sure. that's only best when it's straight lip to the bottle. Touche. Pass it around, guys. Cut that clip out. Alright, so <laughs> we're going to use this glassware. Now, these, these actually, yeah, the glassware that, actually right. has my friend Michael's distillery's name on it, so it 291. shout out to 291. Um, but uh, why don't we start with a little single malt? Yeah. We had some of that in the, the cupboard not too long ago. We, we polished it off, though. <laughs> now we're going to drink Sorry. this Rob. But I'm in- interested in trying this because of the fact single malt coming out of Colorado, <laughs> that's somewhat of a big deal, mm-hmm. I would think. I'd like, sure. to think, I'd like to think so. Um, Here we go. Hang on, wait for me. Wait for me. It doesn't we're mean not, anything. We're not if you don't, shooting this here. If you don't here. make eyes, it doesn't mean anything. It's bad luck. How do you? So, Blake, you drink your whiskey, you just put it down, huh? Yeah, neat and quick. <laughs> neat and quick? All right. <laughs> I'm going to smell it. I'm, I'm going to fish a human being. Like, so, I, I, don't, I don't mess around. So, single malt, though, right? So, single malt. How so, long is this age? So, this is very, very young. This, yeah. is, this is between this is four a- and eight months old. Wow, okay. Um, we're using small uh, uh, New American oak barrels, number three char. We use a totally atypical form uh, method of mashing, sort of an up di- upside-down Scottish mash, so it's different than most whiskey makers. We use a proprietary strain of yeast that I believe captures a much higher malty character. Uh, rather than using distiller's malt, uh, we use a brewer's malt. It's Coors malt. Um, and what we end up with is a very approachable, uh, really, uh, I'm, and I make it, I'm very biased, but, <laughs> but uh, it's a wonderful whiskey. We actually took with Principium, this one, which we've just launched, we took a gold medal this year at the World Spirits Competition in San Francisco. Oh, congratulations. Um, with one of our other single malts, we took a double gold two years ago. Uh, so it's really good whiskey, even though it's it's younger than than most people would expect. Yeah. Which I kind of appreciate because a lot of times when I'm seeing, and we're talking about Michael Myers, and he's unapologetic about wanting a very rich whiskey. He'll force stave, use smaller barrels. Um, that the- Michael and my, Michael makes beautiful whiskey. Yeah. I mean, his absence his absence stave bourbon is amazing. Um, his rye is amazing. Um, you know, he is a quality whiskey maker, and we're proud to have him in Colorado. I like the color, the flavor, the taste, but the nose, it's it, all it's, good on it's that. It's got a really... It's rocking. Peaty. 
Petey? Is that an Are you going with Petey on that one? I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go Petey with really? it. Really? Yeah. I'd go Malty. Okay. Well, but, I'm getting but, a sweeter, remember, I'm getting a sweeter side I, Maybe, than maybe than I'm just earthy. a little bit more hypersensitive no, tuned in than you guys are. Everybody's palate's a little different. Well, as a woman, I, as the only woman at the table, I, I would I'm sure, totally I'm say sure I just have a deeper, a deeper connection. To you are way. You I would totally agree with that. I would totally agree. All right. Let's break off. Come back for the booze in the news segment. I think, Blake, Blake, you're going to make some cocktails here along with Steven. He's ready. So. Are you going to make some cocktails? Can yeah. we time them? We're going to make them together. Yeah, we're going to make them together. <laughs> All right, cocktail time up next. All right, we got, we got some big cubes. We got some ice. We got some garnish. We got a stir. We got a stir. We can measure it. We can we're measure it. We're done. And we got a house party. Doctor, we hey. have the tools. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Little Rich, you're locked and loaded. Who are you with over there in the Little Rich corner? He's all by himself. Little Rich in the Little Rich corner. <laughs> Carrie Barrett fell in love with the Little Rich I love corner. it. Do you want me to come? <laughs> here we go. Final segment coming up next. We'll break away. Come back. Booze in the News is next right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Thanks. So we're, we're in the final approach. We're putting the seat backs up, the tray tables up. Thanks for, th- again, thank you for coming. This is incredible. It's so fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we got to have you back more often. This once, twice a year is not enough. I, You know, Saturday nights are hard for working Yes, job. However, yes. it's fun, and I promise to make more time. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, I tell you, I want to spend a few seconds, maybe 30 seconds, thanking... Thanking everyone for, you know, Merry Christmas, thanking them, thanking our sponsors. We've got our walls of sponsors yeah. that have obviously shown their commitment hey guys, to making the industry better. All of, this? all of these, I feel like a little Van, Vanna White. You have, you have such a huge it, it's, list. Of- it's getting there, but I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank the 700. We've had 700 plus people. Come visit the kitchen this year. I love it. And this kitchen is just getting better by the day. It really is. And most importantly, I want to thank our viewers. You guys make it all uh, make it all possible. And thank you so much. Come down. Keep watching. Come down. If you're a chef, you want to come on, come do it. Huh? Let's do it. This is kind of fun. Hurry up. It's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Colorado chefs, Brian Freeman with Growers Organic and the Modern Eater Talk Show. Do you care about where your food comes from? I do. Do you want loyalty from customers who care about that as well? I can help by providing top quality organic produce with reliable delivery, knowledgeable sales team who genuinely care about how food is grown, transported, and served. Chefs, Growers Organic will ensure you have excellent ingredients for your next James Beard dinner, your nightly specials, or your regular menu items. Join the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Okay, back to the show in just a minute. Right now, Jeff Rock and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Beer, it's important, but it's important that it tastes like the brewer wanted it to taste. If you're pouring beer in a shoddy 
tap system. The glycol's off, temperature's off. I've seen places where you pour the beer. They're pouring it into a pitcher because there's so much foam, and then they pour it into a glass, the temperature's off. I can't even believe they'll serve it. I just saw it the other day, and it is a sin. It is and a don't sin. don't you think often they just put it in the pitcher and then pour it right down the drain? Yeah. What's yes. the point of that? No, yes. because that's exactly what we're talking about, efficiency. If you're pouring in efficient beer, what are you doing, boys? You're, you're pouring, pouring your, your money down, down the drain. drain. That's, that's dirty. <laughs> that is well dirty. done. Is that a catchphrase? <laughs> <laughs> we need to pour efficient beer and start the revolution with Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. He's going to make sure you've got the custom tap lines of your dreams or he's going to come in and do the maintenance that you so desperately need. Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions, family-owned and operated. These are the guys that you want to go to. His cell phone number, Brian, you got a pen? Give me one second. 720-272-3809. Say it again. 720-272-3809 for the best in the business when it comes to tap lines and tap solutions. It's Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Now it's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. All we need is a, is a chair and a, and a cooler beer. Here's your booze news. I got to clear the deck for booze in the news. All the booze news you can use right here on the Modern Eater show on iHeartRadio. Continuing on with Stephen Gould. Here it is. Well, wait. Before we do, I got to tell you that single malt, Stephen, tasted that during the break. Right here, man. Thank even so though it much. was, I mean, even though it was young, it was still way up here. To me, that would be a that would be an everyday. I mean, I hate to say that. You know, we just proved that I'm an alcoholic, but yeah, it's okay. It. It's every, I call it. An just every. don't tell your mom <laughs> before five, Brian. Or? Uh, yeah, you know, I have to. I, there's days, you know. I think if it's after eleven, you're okay. To me. That's an every morning. <laughs> yeah. Morning's different to a lot of people. You know? <laughs> All right, Golden Moon, let's continue. We're going to make some cocktails. So, Carrie Barrett, uh, you know, Lake Edmonds here with us, Stephen Gold. Go we ahead. talked about what we thought we wanted to make, Uh-oh. and we all agreed it needs to be a rye whiskey cocktail. Um, yeah. One of my favorite rye whiskey cocktails, one of their favorite rye whiskey cocktails is the Boulevardier. Mm-hmm. So the Boulevardier is, is, is basically a whiskey Negroni. So... A Negroni, as most people know, is equal parts of sweet vermouth, a red bitters like Contrato or that other one, um, and gin. A Boulevardier is the same exact cocktail, except it's equal parts of... Where is it on the tree? <laughs> Can you tell me where it is? Oh, dear. He's got the Gafar. Yeah, well, we'll cover that. Or did you unbutton it slow? Because I wasn't looking at you. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. They make a great product. Don't throw, not throwing darts at anybody. They make a great product. What are you doing to me right now? So focus. Well, but I think this is interesting, folks, because I'll tell you, I don't back up. drink that vermouth. Usually, oh, I put yeah, it in a glass and throw it out. So You're right, Carrie. I, you know, vermouth is an amazing substance. All, all vermouths are different, so you really need to be selective about what vermouth you're using for what cocktail. You know, it's every one of these is made differently, and any. Any sweet vermouth will work for either a Negroni or a Boulevardier, but really the individual person, the bartender, whoever's making the drink, needs to take some time, taste the different vermouths, experiment, because they're different. It's balanced. What's the difference between a sweet and a dry vermouth? So it's really, really basic. A sweet vermouth is typically red or brown. It's going to be very complex as far as its botanical makeup. It's almost to the point where it's an amaro, but not quite. And that's a sweet. And that's a sweet. Mm-hmm. 
um, where a dry vermouth is going to be much more one-dimensional. Um, it's, what is vermouth made of? Like, what's the base? So the ba- the base about? is wine. Um, most because it does have alcohol. In it, it does have alcohol. Uh-huh. Typically, a vermouth is going to be about sixteen percent. Some as high as twenty-two, twenty-three percent. Okay. Um, and it's an aromatized wine. So it's a wine that is made with botanicals. Okay. And historically, they were they were medicine. Um, so what you're doing with this type of vermouth, and this is the style that comes from you know, the area around Torino in Italy. Um, God, making a mess. Look at you. Well, no, I think took it down like leaky. a chicken, man. So most Americans are like familiar with dry vermouth. And dry vermouth, you know, it's, it's got a place. It's, it's very good with vodka or gin. I would never use it with whiskey. If you're going to make a whiskey cocktail, you're going to want something that's going to stand up to the heavy brown spirit. And it's going to accentuate it. Uh-huh. And so your sweeter vermouths, even some things that are vermouth-like that aren't vermouth, such as Punta Mess yeah. or some of your Amaros can and be And I'm sorry used. to interrupt you real quick, but, Blake, what are you doing with the rind here? You're, like, twisting it. Giving that some zest. There's a lot of essential oils in the, in the rind. That's and where so, all the, so the aromatics you, tell, are. Tell me what you're doing when you... I'm squeezing the aromatics into the glass and, and rubbing it on the rim. Because... You want that flavor of the orange. You want it on your lips. Yeah, well, so. and people wouldn't even know that he's actually getting a, a true oil out of that I mean, every I'm time. all the way over it. here, and I can smell it. Yeah. So that's what you're doing. So how did you get the orange in that in that form? And you how don't want me to that? give this back, right? There's no take-backs. No take-backs. <laughs> it's GF, oh, Brian. You're I, good. He's going <laughs> to stab this orange very gently. I'm going to stab this orange. We're basically just going to take, and we're going to cut the zest off the orange uh-huh. very carefully. And then what we're going to take is we want to, Squeeze it to express the oils. Squeeze the oils out, mm-hmm. okay? And then just put a little bit of that oil around and down the side of the glass so that when the person drinking the cocktail is drinking the cocktail, they get a little bit of the oil on their fingers, in their mm-hmm. and they can smell it, and what it triggers the smell receptors. Yeah. It's then, almost a little uh, sexual. Is you what he's doing. I'm, I'm getting a little turned on. I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and do you, do you Brian Freeman, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Taking it from Peach. So we got cocktails in front of us. I think we need to be drinking cocktails. Yes, yes. Um, when, when, when you're peeling the orange back, do you think about the rind? Because it's so bitter. Well, or, the, so are you trying to go as thin as possible, or are you, like, all in? You could agree. I don't want a whole lot of the pith because the pith can be bitter, but you're going to get a little bit of pith. But as you can see, when I've tried to slice this, I've left a lot of the pith behind. You don't want to go too deep. You certainly don't want to get so any of the So you're shooting for just orange. I'm shooting for just orange. But I'm shooting for when true you zest. Get, when you get the whites, it's okay, too. There's a little a little white is okay, but you really don't want to just... The dirty laundry. The whites. The whites. The whites. <laughs> when, do you, <laughs> when do you know when you want to put a little bit of fire onto that zest, though? Um, yes. Wait, what's that? Yeah, I see people, like, yeah, spark it. Different cocktails when you want a little bit of that burnt, you know, citrus zest. Uh, essential oil in there, you want you want to burn it. But like this is clean, it's simple. You know, it's based off the Americano. Like they they substituted the gin for the soda water, so it's you know it's a little higher proof, a little more alcohol. But it's like they want that clean finish. You Explain don't want what Americano is. You brought it up. Explain what that cocktail is. <laughs> Campari gin and soda water. Correct? Um, no. Campari vermouth and soda water. Vermouth and soda water, not gin. They substituted the gin to make the Negroni. Exactly. There, there you go. go. Do you need my shirt for a record? <laughs> Pop the top, Greg. <laughs> I, uh, there are some basic white hairs popping in here. I can't read that far. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, fun stuff, man. And and truly, this distillery, we, you've been on our radar for a long time. You're very uh, held in high esteem in this distilling community. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, we got to get you back here, Stephen, because I, I was very impressed with what you did tonight. So thank you. It was my pleasure. Love to come back anytime. If you guys ever want to come out uh, to the distillery or to the speakeasy or both, we'd love to have you out and there. Tell us where it is, please. So the distillery is at 412 Violet Street in Golden, Colorado, uh, right off of Colfax. Um, we're open for tours five days a week. Um, call ahead and, or go online and make a reservation, please. Uh, and then our speakeasy, open, uh, speakeasy, which is a cocktail lounge, is open seven days a week from 4 p.m. till close, which is either 10 or 12. Uh, we will be open after midnight on New Year's. And we have live music three to four nights a week, 60-plus cocktails on the menu. Fun. Every single drop of alcohol we sell, we produce at Golden Moon. Nice. Um, 111 Miners Alley, so directly behind the Windy Saddle Coffee Shop and adjacent to uh, Miner Saloon. Now, if it's a speakeasy, I want to go through a back door or a hole in the ground or something. <laughs> you know Do what? I need a secret well, handshake? It's, it's not, What's it's, the deal? <laughs> it's not the best marked. It's very discreet, yeah. but it's speakeasy light. It's You don't need reservations. You don't need a secret password. Walk in, make yourself at home, have a great cocktail. I have to thank you, Stephen Gould. There it is. Um, Happy holidays. Involved. Yeah, Carrie Baird, Blake Edmonds, everybody here tonight. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Thanks for having us. See you next week on the Modern Eater Show. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks.